Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, kicking off another week of fun and excitement, it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, so you can bring up anything. That is the point of the program. Gardner Goldsmith joining us here uh, from the Liberty Conspiracy at libertyconspiracy.com, the place you can go to get more great liberty-oriented audio stuff. Thank shows. you for having me, my friends. Shows Appreciate and stuff. Mucho yes. appreciado. Always good, always good having you here. Again, uh, libertyconspiracy.com. So what what have you been up to, Guard? I mean, it's been, oh, it's been a few weeks. Man, all sorts of stuff. Uh, last weekend, I was actually in uh, Ithaca, New York, at Ithaca College at the Rod Serling Conference and uh, had just an absolutely fantastic time. It's the 50th anniversary of the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone yeah. So it was very cool. Lots of interesting discussions about Rod Serling's politics, his ethics, his morals. Very cool. One of the old writers was there, uh, this guy named George Clayton Johnson, who's like in his 80s and just mm-hmm. totally great. So I had an awesome time with that. And, cool. uh, yeah, so I've been up to a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. And It's hard to get out guys, here. You know, It's an hour and a half drive for you, so we appreciate every time uh, you decide yeah, to, uh, so to make an appearance. It's good to be here. And last Last time I, I had to actually get some x-rays on my foot, so that was oh uh, yeah, that was not fun. I'm still dealing with a broken foot from like last July. Well, then you wouldn't have been able to uh, to come out last night to experience what the activists did here in Keene, New Hampshire last night. Did you hear about? I've been what, hearing what a lot of different things about a number of different kinds of protests, so I don't know which one you're talking about specifically on well, this one. Well, of course, the 420 uh, celebrations have been going on here on a on a daily basis at 420 in the afternoon. Uh, people are going out to the Central Square, right in the heart of downtown Keene. And smoking cannabis openly uh, in public. It's now been going on for a few weeks, and the police have left it alone for two weeks straight at this point, which is great news. Yeah. So, and it, likely this could go on anywhere in the United States. I mean, it could. Some some cities, it might be you know the police force might be just too rabid to handle it, but. Um, you know, I, I, it, if you get enough people together, they just can't do anything. They can't talk. They can't stop you. That's for sure. They can. They can pick you off, though. They could target a couple of you, like they did initially. But what happened was, once they targeted somebody for for arrest, the uh, the tokers went down to the police station and brought the smoke out there. So <laughs> they didn't like that. The first day they went back. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this guard, but the first day they arrested uh, Rich Paul, who was one of the the guys that started. The, uh, the the cannabis celebrations. Yeah. And then about 50 people, so about half of 100, there were about 100 there that day, so about half of them went and walked to the police station carrying signs and, and all of that. Very cool. And they, they went and they sat in a restricted area. There's a certain line that is painted on the road as you're going back around the police station. And so a bunch of us uh, went and sat behind that line. A, a bunch of uh, the, the tokers went yeah. and sat down in a circle behind that line and started passing around joints Very outside the cool. police station. Very cool. But then the next day, the cops decided they wanted to keep uh, essentially aggravating the situation, so they arrested someone else yeah. that particular day. There's just going to be more people to replace them and more activity from you guys. That is true. And this time around, the uh, the tokers went and back to the police station again. <laughs> this time they went inside the police station, yeah. inside the waiting area, and smoked up inside the waiting area. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's incredible. After that, we didn't see hide nor hair <laughs> Of the, uh, the police again. <laughs> that is so great. Oh, my God. And isn't it amazing to think that some people watching this somehow find some line of demarcation between 
people engaging in peaceful activity of burning a weed that they inhale mm-hmm. and other types of activities that the conservative Republicans would find would be very important, such as having privacy for their bank accounts or um, that some liberals would find important, such as uh, being able to speak out in a, a piece of filmic work or a, a document that they want to publish or something like that. It's all one unit. It's the ability of the individual to do what's peaceful. Yep. Absolutely. Now, some people are getting upset about this, saying, well, it's a public park. I can't bring my kids there. Yada, yada, yada. I don't think too many people bring their kids to a central square in, central square in Keene. I don't know what it's like in Veterans Park. Well, maybe that'll give them a little lesson in the fact that it's very difficult to manage anything that is run through coercion of someone's taxes being ex- extracted from them. Well, so I, I, so I, there are some people who want to smoke. Some people want to bring their kids. Some people might want to, might want to run around naked. Tragedy uh, of the depends. commons. Exactly. The the government creates the tragedy of the commons. I think there are some uh, some valid critiques being leveled at the, uh, the 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 420 celebrations, as Ian wants to call them. And uh, you know, I I don't have any problem with good critique on it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of interesting to see what happens when. People do mass civil disobedience like this, and there's just nothing. No I mean, response. They're just what? What? At this point, they've they made their reaction, and they realize that they can't do anything shy of bringing in the New Hampshire National Guard. And yeah. you know, that's that's just that's it. not a good idea. Have there been any uh, articles in newspapers or lots anything of like that? When yeah, you lots. Of, it was mostly in the first week or so uh-huh. because that's when it was the, the, the police were responding, and there yeah. was as a result of the police response a lot of hubbub uh, surrounding it. And ever since the police went away. There really hasn't been much coverage. There hasn't been much uh, to talk about about them because it's just gone on day after day after day with people enjoying themselves uh, a nice, uh, you know, nice afternoons in the park. Excellent. And it's happening now in in Manchester as well. Yes, I heard about that. That was great. Uh, Jason Osborne and I were speaking about it, and it's just been fascinating. People all around the country are starting to see what's going on, and it is very interesting. I don't know how many people around the country are really paying attention to what's going on in Keene, New Hampshire, because it's difficult to get the news coverage outside of the region it's difficult yeah. to you know to hit a, a las vegas newspaper just they're not covering the story well, that's why people so. should say, i mean you know i don't mean to plug you guys too much but obviously that's why they should they should go go to free talk live go to freekeen.com and check out Indeed. what's going on go to ridley report see what's going on there and you know what you know what's fascinating is you do you think about okay well what'll be the sentimental reaction among the 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 great unwashed populace out there we're all part of the great unwashed populace mm-hmm. okay whatever and you know even if some people do react stridently against it, it doesn't take long to, to educate them a little bit with these statements that we said. It's like, well, look, you know, I'm sorry, but they're not bringing direct harm to anybody else. They're having tax money extracted from them, too. And if you don't like the way it's being utilized, then you're opposing their right to be able to utilize it based on the fact that they're getting money taken from them. So how about we stop all that nonsense, stop the public parks entirely, and until that time, recognize they're not hurting anybody. Exactly. You know, if I had kids, I'd bring them out to that particular event. And if I was somebody who had kids that was not necessarily in favor of the use of marijuana, of course, I am in favor of it, but if I wasn't in favor of it, it could be easily explained as simply, you know, telling the the kids that, hey, these are people that are doing civil 
disobedience, and it's a you know it's a very important uh, part, role to play in our, in our society. It's one that's not played very often, and so uh, we're I'm, I'm happy that uh, that this is happening here. And you could talk to your kids about why smoking is not necessarily good for your health, but at the same time, you could talk to them about how uh, self ownership is also very important, and that uh, one should be free to make the choices that could be damaging to one's own person. Well, I think it's more likely they'll just say that's a bunch of dirty hippies or whatever, son, so don't worry about it. I'm saying if I was bringing my I understand. Kids I'm up. just saying that that's what likely the result is. Um, however, Gardner, I want to talk about the, the public. You, you said get rid of public parks, and I think that when people hear things like that, they're just stuck to yeah, the it's ceiling. Radical. It's radical. Yeah. And maybe what we, in fact, need that, you know, there, there are a lot of parks in this nation that are, in fact, not public in the sense that they're owned by the public, but are private in the sense that they're owned and sponsored by businesses mm-hmm. and they're handled much more efficiently Absolutely. and the public is not uh you know their money isn't wasted on you know whatever somebody decides this park should be used for yeah i'm not saying that i think parks are probably the uh you know one of the small areas that the government has done you know they they, they look pretty they're, good they're the by most and large. innocuous of the offenses yes, in many yeah, cases. They're, right. they're not they're not terrible and i'm not saying the government should should handle them i'm just saying it's probably not the first place to go but i think you make as... a great point if you can bring up those those positive examples mm-hmm. of private parks that are uh, run privately or run uh, by uh, groups even even sometimes nonprofit groups i don't really mind that sort of a deal either uh that's that's a lot of fun too you know you, you bring up disney world you bring up uh uh lake park uh here in New Hampshire, other types of things. There's a place in Milford, New Hampshire, that's all run without any government. Right, and assistance. some of them have fees to get in. Yeah. Some of them don't. Yeah. And uh, you know, it it just it, you know, it really just depends. Maybe somebody will want to park. Uh, I mean, imagine all those rich people out there uh, who want to have something preserved in their name. Mm-hmm. You know, a nice park with their name on it, with a big bronze statue of that rich guy. Now, to be fair, one of the things I like about uh, being here in Keene, New Hampshire, is that a lot of the parks are taken care of by volunteers. There are volunteer associations mm-hmm. that beautify uh, these parks, and they do a, a fine job of it. And there are a lot of things that are sponsored, like benches and stones and things like that, that actually have names of companies and, and yes. individuals on them. So that's that's a nice step in the right direction. Free talk a lot. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free and invite you to enjoy them, including the bulletin board system. Over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. 
Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other like-minded individuals and get active. That's exactly what's happening here in New Hampshire, as hundreds of people have already made the move as part of the Free State Project to, to, to pick up their lives and move here to New Hampshire. And there are lots of different places within New Hampshire uh, that they can choose as their destination. And all over the place, they'll find people that are waiting for them to get here, that are waiting to, uh, to be your friend. Uh, basically, that there are people that will help you move into your house. It's just an amazing group of folks, and they really are the best, uh, the best activists that I've ever come across. And the activism happening here in New Hampshire is just unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it just keeps getting more interesting over time as more new minds join the movement and they move here and they add their ideas into the mix and that brainstorming happens and, uh, and new things, uh, new ideas get generated from new people coming together. And it's just been a wonderful process so far. And it's been the best, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, it's been a great three years that I've been here now in New Hampshire. And of course, Gard, uh, you're a New Hampshire native. You've been here for a long, long time and you've got to be feeling good about this. Uh, you know, Ian, I was just thinking about it while I looked at you and uh, I removed cat hair from my mouth. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I was just thinking about it while I looked at you. I was thinking about the first time I met you guys and um, your comment about these new minds that come in. Uh, it really is such an amazing, dynamic, creative process to see the creative minds of people who believe in freedom, like you guys, what you do with Free Talk Live and what they're doing here in Keene and in other places around New Hampshire. And uh, I, I, I'm just so personally, it's just great to be friends with you guys. I'm, I'm on a personal level, it's just terrific. And to know that you all here uh, believe in the similar ideas of freedom that I do, uh, it's just, it's amazing. In New Hampshire, used to be sort of seen by the uh, from the exterior as this flinty state where uh, everybody was sort of uh, sort of libertarian-esque slash conservative. And then things started to change, and it got a little more, you know, sort of a blue state-ist and more Democrat and so on. And now there's this, this rising tide that none of the political establishment can overlook anymore. Here. No, it no. There was a call awesome. recently to one of the local talk shows here where – uh, where the caller said that in the beginning she thought the free staters were just a joke, and then the crux of her call was essentially that now she believes they should be taken seriously. Yes. And serious as a threat, as in right. a threat to the status <laughs> she, quo. This wasn't, yeah, she, was, she wasn't saying this in a complimentary fashion, but it does it's show... It's a backhanded compliment, though. Right, that, um, you know, the, the, the whole Gandhi quote thing, which to me makes some perfectly good sense, and help me out with it, Ian, if I get oh, it wrong, boy. but first they, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, uh, then they fight you, then you win. Um, and I don't have intention to fight with anyone, but they're, at some point they are going to take people who are you know moving here for liberty, whether they're Free State Project members or otherwise or natives or whatever. They're going to begin to take them seriously, and I can tell you um, that elsewhere in the world they're not. Yeah, but they're just not taking people that believe in liberty seriously. I, I'm sorry. In Washington, they could care less if you march on Washington, and even if it's the largest march um, in in the world, and it may very well have been the one that went on recently. But they're not taking it seriously. Yeah, down in Sarasota, which is where I was born and raised, down in Florida. Uh, I mean, I I had a handful of folks that would be willing to help me out with with some things that I was doing as far as liberty activism is concerned. But for the most part, I was just the you know the long haired dude standing on the side of the court, uh, you know, the side of the street on April fifteenth. All, all alone, waving a sign, you know, yeah. uh, honk if you hate taxes. I mean, that's see if that's the extent. I got my picture in the paper for that, and that was the extent of any sort of coverage or any kind of you know dent uh, that I made in the public 
I guess, impact as far as the, the public's perception of what liberty activism is. And, I mean, there's yeah, nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. Press no. or not, it was just a joke. I mean, we yeah. we hung it up on the radio at the radio station, and it, you know, it would, it would sit there getting more and more yellow as the days went by, and everybody just kind of look at it and go, "Hey, there's Ian." Well, you know, it's it is interesting to think about because uh, at a certain point when I was uh, maybe in the 90s, uh, when I first connected with Institute for Humane Studies and uh, Foundation for Economic Education, of course, my dad had been on top of those organizations for a while and Reason Magazine and all that, you know, uh, and. Uh, I found it interesting because it was almost an academic or abstract discussion with people. You would talk about, you know, this is the effect of this philosophy on human beings. This is where this comes from. This is what this philosopher said. This is what this economist said. But now you've got people who are versed in that, who come from other areas more. Maybe they lived out in the woods. They just want to be left alone. You have this mix of people who are practical libertarians, who are practical anarchists, who are, of course, free marketeers and it's so neat because now it's really coming about whether they're working practical as in they're actually doing they're practicing it yeah Yeah. and they're they're putting these ideas and you know in the past it used to be you know great dinner table conversation sure oh but what if this were to happen it's like well guess what it's out it's happening right now man exactly and and you mentioned uh you were talking about the the minds coming in here new people coming in yeah mixing in with the people that are already here and new new ideas being generated from that Sometimes they're not new ideas. Sometimes it's just an idea that somebody might have had where they used to live but never would have had the support to pull it off. They can come here and see that become a reality. They yeah. can practice yes. what they uh, preach. They can actually, you know, if you had a great idea or you have a great idea where you are but there's nobody around with which, you know, that's willing to step up and help out or back you up. You can come here to New Hampshire and you can, presuming other people agree with your idea, they're going to jump on board and they're going to get involved. In fact, what we're seeing happen now is the movement's getting so large with a few hundred, just only a few hundred people having moved here. Yeah. More are coming. There are almost 10,000 that have, uh, have signed the pledge to make the move. And you can too at freestateproject.org. But uh, th- there are already situations that have come up where somebody's idea of good activism isn't necessarily another activist's idea of good activism, sure. and that has resulted in some what some would call schisms mm-hmm. happening amongst the activists. There was one last week we talked about with the uh, the cannabis uh, one of the cannabis reformers that works within the system getting very emotional and very upset at the the couple hundred people that have participated in the cannabis celebrations that have happened here on a daily basis. Mm. And I think he, he burned some bridges that uh, he probably shouldn't have as a result of that. But nonetheless, it's an example of what has occurred here where some activists have said, we think this is a good idea, and they've gone off and run with it. If they'd waited to pass the idea around to everybody else and find out what they thought first, they would have found, they would have found people that they respected saying, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah, and yeah. maybe it never would have happened in the first place. Yeah, you know, decision by committee is often less offensive, but it's um, also often less effective. And uh, it becomes very difficult to be able to get that sort of thing done. Uh, You know, you... Oftentimes, you don't want to burn bridges one way or the other. But, you know, within this community, sometimes you do get some disagreement. Hopefully, things can be rebuilt. Um, What I find interesting is you not only have the practical side of it, but also you have the ideological battle, which, of course, is going to continue Mm -hmm. no matter what. You know, we're going to see more issues coming up. We're going to have to mention things. We're going to have to mention authors and and people who came before us, whether it's Murray Rothbard or Bastiat or or Ayn Rand or whoever, whoever somebody wants to talk about. And I'll give you an example very quick as we head towards our our break. My girlfriend Courtney's in her history class, and she hears the guy say, well, there was never any society that didn't have any government. So I told her about Murray Rothbard's writing on the ancient Irish and David Friedman's writing on the ancient Vikings in Iceland. 
So she can take that now because the Free State Project is gathering momentum and can seed that information elsewhere. More coming up here. You can take control, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. You can enjoy ours. And that includes the chat room, by the way. Go to chat.freetalklive.com. During the show is the best time to find people, but it's open all day long. Chat.freetalklive.com. In these uh, economic times the way they are, it's probably a good idea that every paycheck to put a little money away for savings. And probably the best way to put that money away, at least it seems to me right now, is either in gold or silver. Um, and, and Free Talk Live has made it very easy to purchase uh, gold and silver. Um, <laughs> Gardner's clicking together some uh, silver liberties there. Um, it, it, it's we made it very easy to uh, get gold and silver, and even do it on a, uh, a weekly or biweekly basis whenever you get your paycheck. All you have to do is call our syndicate, Midas Resources, 877-857-9938, and they'll do a little layaway plan for you, get uh, 20 coins saved up, and then they can ship them off to you. We have several picked out, or you can, you know, pick some of your own, whether they're Mercury Dimes or, uh, you know, pre-1965 quarters or Walking Liberty halves, or maybe you got to, maybe, maybe you get big paychecks and you want to do uh, British Sovereign Golds. Whatever, um, just call this number, 877-857-9938, and they will set you up on the uh, the layaway plan. All right, so we'll take your phone calls here, and then we'll tell you about one of the uh, things that happened last night, or the two things that happened last night here in Keene that were unprecedented, never happened before, and is, I think has already begun to start uh, to stir some more controversy amongst the uh, the activist movement here. Uh, let's go first, though, to your phone calls about whatever you want. Chris is on the line in Texas on the AMP line. Hey, Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I uh, wanted to call in tonight, particularly because Guard was on. Hey, Chris. Uh, talk about the subject of uh, science fiction and the various themes. And I know we've talked about it in the past, or I know Guard talks about it a lot on his podcast as well. Yeah, it's uh, so a couple easier than, years ago. I was going to say it's easier than talking about reality sometimes. Well, one of my all-time favorites was this uh, movie called Rollerball, oh, yeah. the original. Yeah, with James Caan. Very individual. And a couple years ago when it was remade, I often thought to myself, hmm, is there something behind this? Just, you know, they, they seem to have made the, the new film just a plain old action film. It's almost like they're trying to hide the existence of the old one because it might be a little bit too anarchistic or too libertarian-themed. Mm, so fast forward, last week I find out that The Prisoner's being remade. Oh, I yeah. know it's being really? talked about on your site. Yep. So I'm starting to look into this a little bit. Now, wait a minute. Point of information, is The Prisoner being remade as a television show or a it's movie? A, yeah, it's a, it's a TV movie. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like, is, a is it Jim Caviezel a star? series on AMC. Yeah, American Movie right, Club. I find out about it on, like, Wired Podcast or something like that. They're talking about science fiction movies. I start looking into it. Yeah. 
Um, I find out it's on the American Movie Channel, and Ian McKellen is the uh, the character that's going to play number two. And I'm going to myself, you know, he doesn't really seem to me the kind of actor that would be on a a sh- you know series with this kind of theme. So right. I do a little bit more digging, and I find out I find an interview with the uh, the writer, and it looks to me like they're going to be totally inverting the theme of the show. Really? Are you serious? Is, yeah, wait, I, I can... And I posted it on uh, the uh, Liberty Conspiracy uh, site, but the writer, this guy's name is Bill Gallagher, he says, McGowan's piece was based on the assertion of the individual, and I allowed myself to look at it in a polar opposite way. What happens if the call of the individual is allowed to run? And then, you know, there's a lot of other texts, but he basically summarizes this. What if we live in a society now that's selfish and dangerous? Oh, oh man so wait so that's my understanding i've never seen the prisoner i know guard you recommend it highly as oh, one of the most the most if not the most liberty oriented yeah. television show of all time mm-hmm. and so what you're saying is they're planning on completely reversing the, the theme boy chris exactly that's and, and chris uh, i see you posted uh, i'm over at the website right now i'm over at the liberty conspiracy and i can see you put the link up to this and uh and you go through your thought process and that that's you know it's it's really it's to make it, you scream isn't it yeah you know i think you know far be it for me to tell anybody to to restrict himself for not playing with an idea and making something new out of it you know but when it's and, and maybe it's my own personal feelings because that was such a it it achieved it not only aspired to but it achieved something in its execution they did it right they got it right, and they, they got it right beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. It is so ingenious, the, the original Prisoner series, that to then say, we're going to take it and go completely opposite of what Patrick McGowan oh, yeah. was trying to do. The, the whole point, he's called the prisoner, for God's sake. That's the point. He's the prisoner of the group. You know, I mean, they, I'm not a number. I'm not a man. I'm a number. That'll be the I new mean, thing. Yeah, right? they're gonna. Ha- it's just. Oh man, I got to look at that, Chris. Thank you. I got to check that out. That's very disappointing. Yeah, right. I don't know if you've seen some of the clips from it, but just just the aesthetics of it and and the uh, set design oh, and stuff. Series. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean the the original the, uh, the the remake of it. Oh, the new one. Yeah, it looks really stupid. It looks like it's going to be out in the desert. And uh, they're not on an island. I don't know how they're going to get Rover, the big balloon thing that would appear out of nowhere, how they're going to have that appear, you know, because it would pop up out of the water and all over the place. So it was so the, the, the cool thing about the prisoner, Chris, I don't know what you think about this, but just everything about it was so different and weird. And and it was a self-contained unit. They knew they were going to do X number of episodes. They wrote it for that and they mm. had an out. They knew how they wanted to end it and they had a message for God's sake. They had a stinking message to that thing. So it never jumped important. the shark? They yeah, never, they, they, they never, never jumped the shark. shark. Exactly. That's like, for example, if you look at Lost, the minute the, the guys in Lost, J.J. Abrams and the production team there, knew that they were going to f- finish it at a certain point, the show picked up steam. It's going to be fantastic. It'll probably be one of the best things ever made on TV. Whereas instead of just kind of going season by season, yeah, where like the they'll X-Files get a re- did. You know, they'll cross their fingers, they hope they get a renewal, and then they keep you know, yeah, writing to drag out their core story. Chris, are you going to bother watching this, or are you not uh, the new prisoner? I, I probably will, but I'm expecting the worst, I guess. Is the way yeah, well, maybe call it, right? us back. You know? When's it coming out? I think they said November 16th, somewhere okay. around that time. I don't know if I even have AMC. I'm going to have to double-check. That's why they made Torrance. 
Uh, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, and let us know what you think about it when it uh, when it comes through. Yeah, and thanks a lot, Chris, and thanks for posting over to over the site too. Appreciate it. Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Controversy uh, bubbling up again here in New Hampshire after last night's uh, uh, last night's occasion, the, the candlelight vigil that spread a little larger than or it went elsewhere than. Perhaps some people thought it was going to. I'm not making much sense there. Let me explain. There was a candlelight vigil scheduled for Kurt Hoffman, who is the man that was uh, attacked by the police prosecutor, Eli Rivera, here in Keene. Uh, Kurt is one of our activist buddies, and he was uh, he was attacked in the secret courtroom at, at Keene District Court. He was injured to the point where they had to have um, an ambulance come out and carry him out on a stretcher. So there was a candlelight vigil scheduled because the judge, the man in the robe, had ordered that Kurt go to jail for 180 days because Kurt had essentially demanded that the judge use the the word please when he was telling him what to do. So uh, basically um, (laughs) the judge wanted him to sit down down. at the uh, the desk because Kurt was in the audience. It was for Kurt's – the trial they were having for Kurt. Mm. So he said, you know, have a seat uh, at the desk. And Kurt said, well, you know, I'd like you to say please. And that's where the conflict started, and it I'll ended bet. with Kurt being charged with contempt of court and being put in jail for 180 days. So we uh, fast forward to the – and the latest, by the way, is available at freekeen.com. Before but, you fast forward, yes. what was the original reason why he was in the court? Uh, because he was at, uh, he was one of the six people that was arrested for disorderly conduct way back in April when our friend and co-host Sam from the oh, Obscure yeah. Truth Network sure. was arrested for videotaping in the in the court lobby. Kurt was one of six who stayed behind to monitor the screams uh, that were coming from behind closed doors where they had taken Sam after the arrest. They were ordered to leave the lobby, and Kurt was one of six who did not leave. They were all arrested and charged with uh, with disorderly conduct. So this was one of those. This was one of the six trials, the last of the six trials. Trials. Plus, he was also in because they had pulled him over as he rolled through a stop sign in the middle of nowhere. So he was out in the woods, basically. No one was around, and he rolled through slowly, rolled through a stop sign, um, apparently with his dog on his lap. I don't know if that's illegal or what, but he was pulled over for that, and so he was facing both of those charges because he wouldn't give his driver's registration when the cop came up to him at that incident. So there's more to the story. We'll explain here in moments. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include things like our Facebook profile. Uh, But one of the things we need you to do... For free talk live because again we give the website free so we don't ask a whole lot in return considering it's again free to you but one of the things we do ask for on a monthly basis is for you to vote for free talk live and this is probably the easiest way that you can help the show out and it only takes you a moment of your time head over to vote.freetalklive.com it's a once a month thing that we ask you to do so if you've already done it this month thank you 
Uh, if you have yet to vote for Free Talk Live, and most of you haven't, uh, please take a moment to go to vote.freetalklive.com. I think we only have a few hundred votes so far this month. Uh, and Mark, from what About you six. told me, six hundred. It's already up to six hundred already. Oh, it's it's a bit. It's very uh, heated. It's very heated this, uh, this month, and. Uh, I've, you know, we we need every vote we can get. So right, if, we're uh, we're about a hundred votes behind, from what I understand, and so we need you if you've yet to vote for Free Talk Live to please go to vote.freetalklive.com. It only requires your email address, and that uh, will be used to verify that you're a real person. That's all. So uh, head over to vote.freetalklive.com, and then once you've done that, maybe forward uh, the link on to some friends or family members that you can count on to help you out with such things, because we need every vote. It's a very heated competition this month, and it's been a long time since we've not finished the month in first place but right now we are in second place and i think it's tie uh tie for second place really close to us being in third so yeah we need you please at vote.freetalklive.com and we'll keep bugging you every single day until uh <laughs> until <laughs> it's a threat now that's nice um <laughs> all right so 800-259-9231 last night what was a peaceful candlelight vigil was perceived as a threat by certain individuals not sure why apparently candles are threatening to people but what happened was uh, the activists in the area had gathered together at 7 o'clock at night on a Sunday night to uh, get in the, the central square area of Keene, New Hampshire. It was right in the center of downtown Keene to hold a candlelight vigil for our, our, our buddy Kurt, who is currently in jail for 180 days for daring to ask to be uh, told please when the judge and the, the man, uh, man in the robe in the courtroom was demanding that he sit down. And so uh, so he was thrown in jail. The candlelight vigil was scheduled for last night. We had probably had about 40 people show up for the vigil. I Again, not great at estimating crowds, but I'd say the crowd was about as large as it was when, when we had a vigil for Sam, our co-host, who was jailed earlier this year. And so good turnout, lots of candles, um, you know, a nice little occasion uh, to, to be spending with some, with some friends. Obviously, we'd rather have Kurt uh, with us than to be doing something like that. But mm. for what it was, it, it was a good time. And then people decided that uh, we were going to move the candlelight vigil to Eli Rivera's house. Now, this is the uh, the man who attacked Kurt in the secret back room. This is the man who ah. laughed uh, who laughed at Sam, our co-host on this show, when Sam was being arrested and, and being tortured. Uh, he laughed at Sam, and he, he himself attacked uh, Kurt Hoff. And so he's, he's known as a man with a bit of a temper. He's the police prosecutor. He's also a sergeant. So he's a cop. He's a full-on cop who also has the ability to be the prosecutor. And so we went out in front of his house, uh, brought the candlelight vigil there, and uh, we're sitting out front for – or standing out front for a little while, and everything was relatively calm, but nobody seemed to be noticing inside the home that anybody was outside. So one of, uh, one of the group uh, decided to walk up the, to the steps and knock on the door. What, what time was this? Um, I don't know. Maybe about 8 o'clock at night. Okay. So they knocked on the door. See, this is the part that uh, – <sighs> You know, I, I get why we had the, uh, the why why people decided to take the uh, candlelight vigil out to, in front of Eli Rivera's house. Mm-hmm. People in glass houses and throwing stones and all sure. that. That makes good sense to me. It's the going on the guy's property and knocking on his door just to make sure that he knows that we're out here with candles. Like it's a little too, uh, you know. Proud, the hubris is there. Like, look, look, look what we're doing. Hey. Well, I think that uh, we wanted to, the person who knocked wanted to talk to Eli. And so that's what you do when you are at someone's house and you want to talk to them. What do you think the chances are that Eli wanted to talk to him? Well, as it turned out, Eli wasn't home. So they're said. Okay, that is what was said. 
We had no reason to disbelieve the woman that answered the door and, and told us that. She asked uh, if we had a message for Eli, and so a few people said a, said a few things uh, to, to pass on to Eli. She decided that she didn't want to hear any more of it, and uh, she went back inside. And Mark, you're right. Some people didn't agree with uh, the, the individual that went up and knocked on the door. Some people thought it was a good idea. Some people just within the group of activists there uh, did or did not agree with that particular action. That's why I'm pointing out that this... You know, what happened last night is not something that is necessarily agreeable to all of the activists up here. But I think that I think that things like this are important. I think that it's it was really past time for something like this to happen. These government people have been aggressing against peaceful people for too damn long and they've been getting away with it time after time. And now, finally, after they've aggressed against uh, Kurt Hoffman, they, uh, you know, we brought brought a few consequences to their homes. You know, you, you don't get to leave this job at work. Your family should know that you're a violent individual, that, that their husband and their, uh, their father is a violent, dangerous man who has an anger problem. They should know that. They probably already do because they are his family. But, you know, in case they don't, they should be made aware of it. And so the woman came to the door and she poked her, you know, stepped outside and asked if we had a message for him. A few words were said. She went back in. And a couple minutes later, the crowd walked away. We walked down Sounds the street. Sounds all right. Right. So it, Did, was she upset or anything? Or she just like, no, thank you. I'm all set. And then everybody walked away. And she wasn't there was visibly no heated upset. Argument or no, there was no day. argument. Not yeah, at what all. What were they going to say? I mean, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of people, crazy people out in front of my house with candles. I don't think it's talking, crazy. You know, to... my, it's all my husband's doing is doing his job. I mean, you know, this this woman, yeah. you can say whatever you want, Ian. I'm only trying to uh, I thought you paint were a picture uh, as to what she might see yeah. these people is doing. And what she sees is a bunch of people. People who have, uh, you know, probably to her mind, been just advocating nonsense to the community, and uh, you know, she sees her husband as a guy who's doing his job, mm-hmm. and you know, sure. And she needs to know that his job is hurting people. Yeah. Well, so, I'm sure that's, uh, that. I'm sure that message just got so portrayed we to her away, very well. We went away, and while we're walking down the street, I had uh, given a couple people rides. We'd already gotten in our car and and headed out. But the two, a call came in over the two-way radio from uh, Sam and Meg. They said the police had showed up at that point. So I turned around, drove back, and I arrived on the scene, grabbed my BlackBerry, and started uh, clicking uh, the situation. And that video is available at freekeen.com. You can see about 14 minutes of the interaction that wow. happened between the, uh, the activists and the police. So the police decided to, you know, to come up and, and create a scene because everybody was leaving. There was no problem uh, until the police decided to show up. So then, uh, so you can see that footage, and then toward the end of the footage, Eli arrives in a very angry fashion, storms out of his, uh, his Jeep, which ironically enough has a license plate that says peace on it. <laughs> uh, so he storms Is out of his Jeep. Is that P-E-A-C-E or Correct. P-I-E-C-E? P-E-A-C-E. Yeah, we were joking about that on the website. Before. And so, uh, so he approaches Sam, who is closest to him, and accuses Sam of being on his porch, when in point of fact it wasn't Sam, it wasn't me, it was somebody else entirely. Uh, but he was very upset, and, uh, and the cops actually had to restrain Eli and get him out of there. So they could, you know, the cops knew this guy was losing it, and he clearly has a temper problem. So then after that, we decided to take the uh, the candlelight vigil up to Ed Burke's house. Because things went so well. Yeah. That's a riot. Things did go well. There were no arrests. <laughs> Everything was fine. Oh, yeah. So we're just expressing ourselves, and I think we have a right to, a right to do that. Whatever, man. <laughs> and so then the uh, the protest, or not protest, but the candlelight vigil then went across town. I guess it is a protest, but it's a vigil, so it's not loud and obnoxious like a, like a protest would be. 
So the candlelight vigil went across town, up the hill, uh, to where Judge uh, Judge Edward Burke, the man that wears the robe, lives. The nicer side of town. And, yeah, it is a lot nicer. So in this particular area, there weren't necessarily neighbors that would have been able to see us from their homes. But if they were driving by, they obviously would have noticed what was going on. Because there were about uh, there were about 20 people still at this time. There were more people in front of uh, Eli's house. But this, you know, the night was getting later and later as this was going on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and all this started at 7 o'clock in the, in the park, then moved to Eli's, then moved to uh, Judge, uh, Judge Burke. And so you got about 20 people, candles lined up in the street, People holding candles, just gathering outside of, uh, of Ed Burke's home. And we're standing out there for a while, and then somebody gets the idea to order some pizzas. So uh, the call was made. Uh, some pizzas were ordered. And I was, uh, I'd walked down the street because I had an interview scheduled with, with a journalist student that yeah. wanted to ask me about the Free State Project. And as I was in my car doing the interview, I noticed a truck pulls up. And now uh, Ed Burke drives a truck. Yeah. And the truck slows down and stops in front of the, the group of uh, activists, then pulls up into the driveway. Well, apparently it wasn't Ed Burke, but he did mention, are you looking for the Burks? And yes, we were. We, we were pretty sure that was his house. Yeah. So then the truck goes up into the driveway, and a few minutes later, all the lights in the house go out. So he called over. No, no, I think oh, in, his, Ed Burke, in that house. Ed Burke lives in that that home. I'm I'm certain of it because when uh, during the situation with my couch thing last year, uh, I had sent a letter to Ed Burke at that address, and yes. he acknowledged receiving it. All so right. if he doesn't live there, he gets mail there. <laughs> so all the lights in the house go out at once, and shortly thereafter, four police cruisers uh, came up the street. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tell you the rest of the the story. There's not much left. We'll also take your calls here about whatever you want. Hour number two is on the way. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Was the candlelight vigil appropriate? What do you think? As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA. But you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAMail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit DNAMail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Take your phone calls about anything. Going to go right to your calls here shortly, but want to finish up a, a story I was telling about some activism that I think has been a long time in coming, and I was glad to see it happen last night. And I thought it happened in an entirely appropriate manner, uh, where the candlelight vigil that was being performed on behalf of uh, Kurt Hoffman, who's an activist that's been put in jail for 180 days up here in New Hampshire, for daring to ask the judge to use uh, the word please in his statement about sitting down. 
And so he was put in jail for that. There was a candlelight vigil that moved to uh, from the park that where, where we'd started it over t- across town to the police prosecutor's home. Then it was not, was not there for very long. We stood out front for you know several minutes. Uh, somebody knocked on the door. The what presumably was his wife came out, said he wasn't home, took a message for him, went back inside. We stood there for another minute or two and then left. And that was then the police came and had a lengthy conversation with some of the activists. You can see the uh, some grainy uh, video footage because it was dark. Uh, so BlackBerry cameras don't tend to work very well in the dark. But you can see that uh, that footage and hear it over at freekeen.com. Now, after that encounter with the police, uh, no one was arrested or anything like that. Uh, but the police did say how disappointed they were, how disappointed they were in, in me, apparently, because I'm in charge of the uh, the entire movement. One of them said that uh, <laughs> called me the leader of the uh, of the group. And I pointed out that, well, no, I'm not the leader and there's no group. It's just individuals that are coming together for common purposes. I mean, there may be a group of individuals that were at this particular event, but there, there's not any group outside of, the, of that event. Well, they're, they're, they're right that some people are more influential in the group of activists than others. And I think that they're, you know, I, I think that they, their, their statement has some validity. No, I don't think so. Okay. Because a leader is somebody that tells people what to do and then they follow him so i'm not doing that i have a radio show so maybe my voice is a little louder than than the average activist i certainly will will admit to that but i've never done anything more than suggest things to people and in this particular case the candlelight vigil in front of uh the the home of the police prosecutor and then the judge uh, that was not my idea i mean i'd i'd thought of in the past the idea of taking some sort of protest in front of someone's home but it, it never got fleshed out it wasn't my idea this time around it, and uh, i was just a participant in it i i, so you know, I pointed it, that out it all sounds legit to me I, I i question the knocking on the door thing i think that that might have been taking it too far from my point of view uh you know a door is there with a welcome mat out in front of it and certainly some somebody can make an argument from the other side but to me that's going just you know well, putting one's big toe over the line and that's what I told one of the cops when he was questioning me about that. He was saying how disappointed he was in, in me that that you would do that, Ian, that you would do that. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, but he was using the term you as kind of this collective term, even though I'd already told him that I did not do that. I said, look, I've got mixed feelings about the, the knock on the door. I feel like any other home on this street, it would be completely inappropriate at this time of night. But for that one particular home... I don't really feel that bad about it because the man that lives in that house is a criminal. It's He's a man who hurts people. It's interesting the hit the uh, hit or miss testing out of things that occurs as people learn and they see these things and differing opinions on the spot as as things things happen. You know, we mentioned uh, decision by committee often is it becomes a very inefficient way to decide mm-hmm. things, and yet at times people will do some things that. Upon reflection, you can say, well, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Other people could say, I told you, you shouldn't have done that. There's a proximity sure. feeling. People feel like their space is invaded, despite the fact that if there's were a night like Halloween, when it's assumed that everybody's out, and they, if they had their lights on, then it would be an invite, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, this... As Mark said, if you you know you have a welcome mat out, you get knocked. The door is knocking. It's not a home invasion. Right. You're uh, not behind, you're not behind a gated community or anything right, like that. It was right. a completely open neighborhood. So we moved the the uh, the vigil then to the, in front of the the man uh, the man that wears the robe calls himself a judge, uh, Ed Burke. <laughs> 
we went in front of his house. Lots and, of other people call him a judge, too. Yep. And so we had about 20 people out there. At one point, the lights go out all throughout the house. Shortly thereafter, uh, four police cruisers come out, uh, respond to the situation. We'd, we'd ordered some pizza. The pizza had arrived just before the police cruiser. So, of course, we offered some pizza to the officers who had arrived on the scene, and none of them took us up on it. But it was hot. It wasn't like we were offering them cold pizza. It had ju- literally just arrived. Uh, and it was quite cold outside last night. So uh, so we offered them the pizza. They came up. One of them was cracking some jokes and being very friendly. Cool. Another one came up. Uh, the fourth car came up a little bit later, and he looked kind of upset. He went over and huddled with his officers. All four of them kind of stood around and, and chatted with themselves for a bit. And then they decided to basically leave. One of them kind of went and sat in his car for a while, and then eventually we dispersed because we were, you know, we decided we were done at that point. We'd been out there probably for at least an hour uh, at that at that time. So there's been some controversy as, as a result of this. Uh, you know, was it appropriate to hold candlelight vigils? There wasn't chanting. There wasn't anger. There wasn't uh, anything thrown or burned or anything like that except for the candles. I don't so, know if it um, – like, it, it seems fine to me to, to be on public property and doing these things. I, mm-hmm. I obviously question the going-to-the-door thing. I guess the, the next question is effectiveness. Um, and I don't know. This is this is where you get into this nebulous ra- realm yeah. of trying to decide whether this is going to be effective. And do I think that this is going to show the the, the two bureaucrats that you uh, uh, you know are dealing with here that what they're doing is wrong? No, I don't. Um, I, I think that likely what it'll do is make them meaner. And eh, you know, if, is that if that's a uh, if if that's a goal, which I don't see it as being contradictory to the civil disobedience uh, outside the system activists here in Keene, New Hampshire. I don't see that those guys getting meaner is as a bad thing, because quite just honestly, more people will come here. It'll just cause happens. more, uh, you know, outside the system civil disobedient activist types to come here in order to be flagellated by the system. And oh, okay, so they'll probably just, just play right into the hands. Well, I mean, if anything, and I'm, I agree with you, Mark, on this point, and that is it. I don't don't know what will come of this. Yeah. I, I How don't can you? know. Uh, but I do know that one of the things you can probably guarantee will come of this is that people are going to see this. They're going to go to freekeen.com if they aren't already. They're going to see the video footage. I know that Sam was there from obscuredtruth.com. He was there with his camera. Uh, and he got footage of all of this stuff, including the, the full interaction when Rivera came up and, and got really angry. Um, so that's going to go up eventually at freekeen.com as well. But people are going to see this and they're going to say, wow. Or at least the people that I want to attract are going to say, "Wow, that's amazing! I've never even heard of people doing a, you know, candlelight vigil out in front of a police officer's house. Maybe it's happened. I'm sure it's probably happened before. Maybe with a, a cop that killed somebody. But in this case, Rivera hasn't killed anybody, at least that we know of. He's just been violent and, and dangerous. And so I'm hoping that just the the he activism- could very well have. I'd like to point this out: is that um. You know, in dealing with with Kurt, he dro- basically you know tackled him and dropped him on his head. Yes, and I've I have been nearby, you know, relatively nearby in some circumstances where things like this have happened. You know, guys get you know pushed to the ground or whatever in a fight in mm-hmm. in jail or the the officers uh, you know knock them down or whatever and they hit their head on the concrete and they're dead, they're dead. like that that's just right. bam Kurt's that's in a right. wheelchair and that's and his neck could very well be cracked you you just don't know and this is the reason that you shouldn't use violence to solve problems well, it, this guy was in handcuffs when he was tackled he was. and 
and he was sitting. Admittedly, he was trying to slide the handcuffs over his butt, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You're still in a secured area with right. handcuffs on in front of you. He was trying to hug his wife. Is why well, he was... whatever whatever the reason is, um, I think that perhaps you know it, it's no different than him trying to wriggle his wrist out. I mean, does yeah. that deserve a tackle? No, it doesn't. No, he he absolutely overreacted. But but I think that what can happen can come from this definitely is not necessarily that these guys will realize they're bad guys. They're doing the wrong thing. They're hurting people. I hope they come to that conclusion eventually, but I don't expect that out of this. I expect that people will see this and say, wow, that's a movement I want to be a part of. Well, I was and wondering, come here. I was wondering also, uh, those who are his superiors, uh, it might serve a purpose to start directing the protests in addition to uh, candlelight vigils about the officer also to those who are in charge. Uh, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, I think it, it, it's interesting because a peaceful protest does also tend to polarize things. You get two opposing forces, and you will, they will see it as it is us against them. They will group around. But uh, more pressure that can be put on those people who are above him, more people turning out, more people writing letters to his superiors saying, look, this is what this guy is like. Here's the video. We don't like this. We're peaceful people, and here's what he's like. That that could be an interesting facet to it. Toll-free number here for your thoughts is 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience totally free at freetalklive.com. Now is the time for you and your family to be armed and trained at levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides just such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course today, plus the 30-state concealed weapon permit that comes with it, and a free handgun along with the course. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. All right, let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Taryn is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Taryn. Hi, y'all. Um, I am pretty upset about the whole Hurt Hoffman situation as well. I this is the activist who, a, just, just to let our listeners know, this is the activist who's been oh, put I'm in sorry. jail for 180 days because he dared to talk back to the judge and ask, to be, uh, to use the, the, ask the judge to use the word please uh, when he was making his demand that, uh, that, that Kurt sit down. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I had just kind of done a story on this topic as well about just how the arrogance that you have to go into a court and you have to show respect to people you don't even know that they're pretty much their whole job is just to extort money out of you. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, 
I completely understand why Kurt is acting the way he is. And, you know, when I talk to people, the feedback is, well, he's angry, he should be more respectful. And I'm thinking to myself, why should he be more respectful to the court? I mean... Because the court will throw him in jail and uh, throw him on his head. That's why. (laughs) That's it. And, And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Kurt got thrown in jail for six months because of a judge's ego. Yep. That he, he dared insult the judge's ego. I mean, how many resources are going to be wasted? How many actual real criminals that are violent that, you know, are not going to be in jail because Kurt's taking the space? You know, that sort of thing for a judge's ego. I mean, I can't believe when people don't get angrier about this. Isn't it amazing? And, and it's just a typical slave mentality is what you've been hearing from people is, oh, my gosh, he should have been more respectful to the man in that robe. Well, because they know inherently that the man in the robe has men with guns standing around him that will do, essentially do his every bidding, all of his bidding. I think it's clear that just about anybody, I mean, you know, if you happen to, uh, you know, tell somebody to, you know, have a seat and then they say, say, please. If that comes up in regular conversation, like, I'm going to be a little rankled, too. However, I don't have the power that a judge does, so I think people see the inherent um, sort of disrespect and and, uh, sort of rudeness to it, and that is... That gives us ex- what Kurt did. Yeah, it is a little rude. It's well, rude. I, it would be rude in a situation where if I was coming into uh, to you as a human resource uh, officer in a, in a in a business and applying for a job, and you were to say, "Have a seat," it would be rude for me to say, "Will you yeah. say please?" It's because of pre-existing notions that it seems rude. Uh, actually, the rudeness already exists in the uh, forced. Uh, extraction of someone's money to exactly. pay this man whether he wants a choice or not. The problem is yeah. that people are brought up within this world of, well, the same sorts of, and, and, and it's going to be difficult to shake people out of this, the same sorts of civil dispositions that we have with one another in civil society outside of government uh, operate, you operate the same way when you're in government, except the assumption is that you will do that and you will not acknowledge the coercion behind it all. You just accept it, and you act the same way you do outside of the service. Right. They were doing the rude thing first by forcing Kurt to be somewhere right. he didn't want to be. invisible, but that's exactly So the right. very least they could do would be to say please when they're making demands. Right. I mean, the whole pomp and circumstance, that you're going in there, you have to stand up, and you know everybody listens to the judge, and you have to call him your honor. And the whole thing, when you think about that, you're basically having to be polite to someone that their job is to extort you. And it's just crazy to me. But So I'm seeing all this you know, negative feedback on, on some of the stories that I'm, I'm putting out about Kurt. And, uh, but it angered me so much because I, I was talking to his wife, and I was like, what can we do? I have no idea what his medical bills are going to be like or anything. So I decided to make a piece of jewelry that I'm going to donate all profits to Kurt and his family. Mm-hmm. You can... Uh, See that at www.lclreport.com. Uh, the bidding's uh, basically open bidding. It'll end Halloween night, but the entire profit's going to Kurt, and it's a one-of-a-kind piece. It's pretty awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, and, and people should go, and they should at the very least watch your videos at lclreport.com. I'm a subscriber, and I enjoy them. And, uh, Taryn, any other thoughts tonight? Yeah, I've got one other story, if you guys got time, sure. I, of my encounter with the police the other day. Oh, boy. Like what tell happened? You about it. Yeah, please. Oh, uh, well. I, it's it's early morning. I don't know what's going on. You know, I just got up. I'm in a robe, and all of a sudden there's this pounding on the door, and I'm thinking it was my neighbor coming over. I stupidly just opened the door without looking, and it was a cop. Mm. Well, the cop has a warrant, and they're asking me if I'm you know so and so, and I said no, I'm not. And the cop says, you know, meanwhile we're we're talking through. I'm still in the house, and we're talking through a glass door. I'm not opening all the way up. 
And I said, um, no, I'm not. And she goes, well, I need you to prove it. I want to see your ID. <laughs> I love that. Come to your door and ask yeah. you for ID. Hey, look, I'm not driving this house, lady. Yes. <laughs> and so I actually, you know, I was still mourning, and I just started laughing at her. And I was like, no, 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 I don't do that. And she's like, well, I need you to help me out. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't help police. <laughs> and she goes, well, I'm going to tell the judge that this is the way you're at. And in a mid-sense, I just slam the door on her. Nice. I love that. So, so the, the the rookie cop, you know, she's like, here, here, say this phrase. It always works. Yes. You tell them that you'll be on their side if, uh, you know, in, in front of the judge and that you'll speak for them and, and, and you'll say that they cooperated. And, and she tries it out and kablam, the door Magic. shuts in her yes. face. And now, so I'm sitting here and she's just pounding on the door, oh, you know, no. for like five I, minutes. So this time. I get my camera, I get on Facebook, I start letting people know what's going on in case something goes down. I'm yeah. like, you know, hey, watch watch my quicks. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to cooperate. Well, she sits out of my driveway for like 30 minutes, and I'm thinking, oh, man, why is she not leaving? 30 minutes is a long time. And, uh, and meanwhile, you know, the guys at uh, Wheels Off Liberty are sitting there chiming in on Facebook telling me to get buck naked. So she comes in, oh, <laughs> completely bugged. So funny. Thanks, thanks a lot for those guys. That's her answer to like everything, by the way. To get naked, <laughs> you get naked for the cop. That's, That's their answer not a bad everything. idea. Well, they can't say you have a weapon, then I guess. But um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so I don't know, I'm, man. A guy like laughing. you, a guy like you, you're always sporting a weapon. You know what I'm saying, brother? <laughs> <laughs> those Italians are dangerous. <laughs> All right, so what so happened? I get, I get buck naked. I'm just sitting there eating grits, <laughs> you know, watching this cop look through the windows. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she finally puts up this um, sticker on the uh, – uh, sorry, not not sticker. It's like a piece of paper, and it's a – I don't know what it was. So she stuck it on the door and just ran off. So I didn't even get a chance to pull my camera out and get her get her going. And uh, I, I open the door. I get this piece of paper, and I posted it on my Facebook. And it's like a fake summons. It looks like you're being called to court for something, but it's it's the hours are like eight to five. You know, show up at eight to five. So basically, the bureaucrats just, or the, the sheriff was so late, you know, too lazy that they want you to come in so they can serve you papers. You know, if you're that person, they are like, you need to be here. You have an appointment on the October 9th from eight to nine. Or sorry, eight, eight to, to five. five. So but it wasn't you. For me. That's the courtesy. But the the name was not your name, so you won't be showing yeah, up anywhere. So that just went crumple, crumple, crumple. <laughs> I'm not a helper. Wow. Always a but good idea to have a video. You to show an ID in your own house. Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. And good for you to refuse uh, her demands. Taryn, thanks for the story. I appreciate it. And, of course, uh, he was. it was too early in the morning for him to realize it was a cop when he opened the door. But always look outside first. If it's a cop, you don't have any obligation to answer the door. It's free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those, including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-Y-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You might just not want to ever stop. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. Again, startpage.com. And they've they've got something that makes it really easy to do this. They've got one of those uh, modifications for your web browser where if you're like I do and you've got the, the Firefox, and I think they've added this now to, to Internet Explorer as well. But uh, in Firefox, up in the top right, there's that little search box mm. that you can change the search providers yeah. uh, from, you know, there's there's Google, there's uh, eBay, there's Wikipedia. And you can add Start Page to that. That way you can have Start Page as your little search engine thing up there in the corner of your browser. There's That's how I've got it, and it's darn convenient. Yep, there's That's a link great. right there on the front page of start, uh, startpage.com. And you don't have to worry about, uh, well, you know, your, your searches being tracked and monitored and, you know, people deciding who you are through your searches. Exactly. Let's continue. Here, taking your phone calls about whatever you want, and go to Charlie in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charlie. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind hey. tonight? Um, well, I'm a Free State Project member, and uh, I was originally planning on moving up next year, but some family stuff, you know, got started, and uh, I've had to push it to two years from now. But I was wondering, when, once I get up there, how many, if any, employers are pay, are willing to be uh, to pay in gold or silver? Well, I guess it all depends. I mean, if you're talking about an employer, somebody who's a registered corporation with the state, you're going to have a tough time finding that. But if you're talking about going and doing a job for somebody, like if, you know, I hire you to dig a hole, I might offer to pay in, you know, silver. You might be able to be, to ask me to pay you in silver as an individual to individual kind of transaction. Up here, uh, as part of the Free State Project, where we've got thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people moving together, inevitably you're going to find a, a nice little underground economy that is operating in the manner in which you're talking about. But as far as getting a regular paycheck from somebody at a corporation, I'd say that's going to be pretty hard to find. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to rely on, on people... Who are conforming to the uh, mainstream of the political pressure? All right. Oh, guard! I just want to let you know. Just about five minutes ago, I just li- finished listening to the latest Liberty Conspiracy podcast. It's a oh. Section. Oh, what was that? I, I was. I just finished listening to your latest podcast, and I want to let everybody know who hadn't heard of you to check Liberty Conspiracy out. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It's really, really cool of you. I was up to like. T- Three in the morning getting it done, so I was pretty tired this oh, morning really? when I got up. Yeah, yeah. Takes a long time to get them done. So thanks, man. I appreciate that very much. Oh. And they can do that over at libertyconspiracy.com. And if you're tuned in through the uh, the streaming that we have at yeah. libertyradionetwork.com, every time Free Talk Live ends, when we start the, the loop, because the Liberty Radio Network is really basically a bunch of uh, liberty-oriented podcasts from around the Internet aggregated all into one place, uh, but you're at the top of the loop. So thanks. when the loop begins, it's Gardner Goldsmith. Actually, first it's the Onion Radio News, which is about a oh, minute long, great. and then that leads into to, uh, the Liberty Conspiracy. So tonight, on the Liberty Radio Network, and every night that Free Talk Live is on, as soon as we're done, as soon as we go off the air, 
people get to hear your show. Wow. If they're listening. Oh, there. that's really so, neat, man. Yeah. And thank you for all your ingenious uh, technology ideas, man. It's just awesome. Thank Good you. Stuff. Anything else on your mind tonight, Charlie? Uh, no, that was, that's basically it. I really appreciate the work y'all are doing. Uh, and, you know, hopefully I'll be up there for the Liberty Forum, so I'll see you ah. then. Great. See yeah. you there. Thanks for the call tonight. Bye-bye. appreciate it. 800-259-9231. We'll be talking more about the Liberty Forum as time goes on here. It happens on a once-a-year basis. It's a great excuse to come up here to New Hampshire and get together with hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out in the same hotel uh, for an entire weekend in uh, Nashua, actually, yes. Nashua, New Hampshire. And it's a great time. I've enjoyed the the last, I think, two or three that I've been to at this point, and uh, I'm looking forward to this year. Unfortunately, it's looking like it's looking like this year I might not be able to make it for the whole thing. What's, and I'm kind of bummed out about that because I really like the Liberty Forum and I really want to go to it. Yeah, it's a, it is a bummer. What happened is uh, the, the Talkers New Media Seminar, which is something we normally go to every single oh. year in June, has been moved to March. Oh. And it turns out it's been moved to the exact same weekend as the oh, Liberty Forum. Man, so stinks. what a bummer. So wow. I might be. I think I'm going to be. I'm going to come. Just I'm only do... going to be able to show up at like Saturday night and yeah. then stay Saturday night and leave Sunday. So that'll be, I think, the extent. I think what we're going to probably have to do, and we haven't figured out all the details yet, is I think Mark, you're going to have to go to the Liberty Forum and do do the show. Um, maybe we could yeah. count on you, Guard, to sit in for a full show one night or something like cool. that. And yeah, you know, I'll, let me check it out because I'm going to be in England at a certain point in. Oh, that'd March, be a shame if you missed that too. Yeah, I'm going to the World Horror Convention, and I hope they're not going to. Oh man. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Say yeah, man. We, yeah. we are going to Free Talk Live. Will have a presence yes. uh, at the Liberty Forum in whatever form it is, and and I'll do my best to be there for as as much of it as I can. But yeah. I've got to go to Talkers, you know, because it's it's important for us to make a showing at this industry event, so the people in the industry know that you know we're. We're in. We're amongst the who's who, right? We're there and we're seen, and and all of that is very important. You know, and I've got. To, I feel bad because I want to go to Talkers too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Honestly, Talkers has been lucrative uh, the last you couple of times do. I've gone, and yeah. so you know it's really inconvenient that they're both in the same day, but they're both in the same day. Yeah. It's the way the cookie crumbles, right? So. And and of course, and people should remember that when they become ampers, that really helps facilitate you guys to be able to go down there and That's true. start to spread the word at places like the Talkers Convention, things like and that. And we will talk more about the Free Talk Live AMP program in a little bit. Let's continue with your phone calls. Jeremy's on the line in Rhode Island on the AMP line. Hello, Jeremy. Hey. What's on your mind tonight, Jeremy? Uh, Gar- Howdy, Gar- Jeremy. I just want to thank you for being on the show tonight. You know, you're uh, probably one of my favorite co-host well i appreciate the guys letting me come in man and it's frustrating when i can't come over because i've always i've always got something i want to talk about and these guys are so nice and welcoming and uh they're just good guys so it's 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 a great time to be here with everybody not only in the studio but everybody who's listening yeah oh it's definitely a treat for the listeners all right so what's on Um, your mind tonight okay um when gene called in i think it was last week um he was kind of got some stuff where, you know, I, I don't think most of us kind of agreed with what he was saying, but you guys did talk over him, referring to Mark and Ian. Yeah, um, sure. That's what happens when somebody's going on and on about something, and uh, we have to have a conversation. So, uh, yes, if somebody's uh, talking with us, and they're talking, and we need to break in to make a point to correct something that is mis, uh, you know, that was perhaps missaid or just flat-out wrong, uh, interruptions have to happen. It's just part of the way that uh, the talk radio works. But, I, but what you're talking about is when Gene had called in, uh, Gene the Christian Anarchist had called in and kind of, he kind of went on a racist tirade uh, for, for a little bit. 
And, uh, you know, we, I, I find that issue pretty outrageous myself. I, uh, I don't like racism. And he was just throwing out all kinds of misinformation and, and bias. And it, he had to be corrected. So it's not like we just dumped him off the lines. We had a full segment long conversation with him in that particular case. So. Uh, I don't think your critique yeah. really is any good. Also, if if you jump in with an uh, a, a statement that is not factual or whatever, or or you know, a, 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 sort of up for critique, most blacks have big rims on their cars. Was Bam. one of the things he you know, said. And and then you want to explain your statement that most blacks have big rims on their cars, um, which is you know by, on its face not true. I will say that perhaps if you go to a certain section of town and you look for cars with big rims that have gaudy paint jobs, you might find a black man driving it, and you know, maybe your chances are better than average. Okay, no, fine. I'm not saying he was way out there, but. You know, I think you guys should at least give him a chance to like. Hey, hey, Jeremy, you just interrupted Mark. Hey, that's not fair. I'm kidding, yeah, well, of course. Radio show. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding, of course. You know, you interrupted Mark, and it was entirely appropriate because you had something you wanted to interject. Sometimes I can understand why somebody who has something that they feel like is very important that they want to get out can feel frustrated by the fact that we will interrupt and say something and, and try to converse about one of the points that they make. I can understand the frustration, but it's not like you're being interrupted, uh, turned off the air and, uh, and ignored. You're being interrupted for the purpose of conversing. And it's like the purpose of the framing. It's like the framing of the show. If you uh, if you phrase things um, in the manner that it's supposed to be bombastic in the first statement, well, yeah, like it's going to be it's, it's going to get to be a heated uh, discussion as opposed to sort of working your way into it. Thanks for the call, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. That's all there is to it. It's the same great Amazon, same great prices, uh, the free Super Saver shipping deals on a whole lot of new items. They've even got dozens of categories that include used items as well. So get your shopping done, get the stuff you need and the stuff you want at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage. The main sponsor of the the show, Free Talk Live, is uh, SACL CAI. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is the you know is is a huge advocate of liberty, and he sponsors this show when and makes makes it basically all happen. So if you happen to have a business that uh, needs to try something new in the area of collections or accounts receivable. Uh, Jason Osborne at SACL CAI will do a great job for you, him and his uh, his team over there, large team actually. Mm. And uh, you can see the banner at uh, freetalklive.com. It's on the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, we continue here taking your phone calls and going to Todd in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Todd. You're on Free Talk Live. 
Hey, Mark, Ian, Gardman. What's hey. up, guys? It's, uh, it's been a while. What's on your Hi. mind, Todd? Hey, um, I didn't watch this last night. Uh, my um, gateway modem crapped out on us, so I was without uh, Internet access for over 12 hours. Oh, that's but, rough. That is rough. Uh, my God, you almost you could have frozen to death. <laughs> you could have died out there without any Internet. Oh. Hey, it's AT&T. What can I say? Um <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I heard Obama was, was at his uh, human rights campaign uh, talking about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which he is now you know, going around saying that he's going to repeal. And if everybody remembers, Don't Ask, Don't Tell is a military policy which prohibits uh, members of the military to openly declare that they're either gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that he is saying, well, I'm going to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And okay. I'm thinking, wow. I mean, uh, Can he why, do that? why now? Yeah. I mean, uh, but then again, you know, I, I like what he's saying. Well, well you know, it's interesting. It's Todd, what's interesting about that is he could do it with an executive order if he wants to. He could just stop it, right? Is that how it, is that how it came about? Was it My an executive order in right, the first place? Right, and and it's it's all been manipulated and stuff. But the funny thing was, what he said was, "I'm going to ask Congress to stop. Don't ask, don't tell." Oh. He's totally fudging around it. You know, he doesn't want to d- touch it with a ten foot pole. Yeah, and you know, he's he's. Um, I was watching um, a reading part of his speech that he gave at that, um, you know, that, that entire events dinner that he held at the White House. And I, I was thinking to myself, if he really wanted to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell, he could have just pulled the plug on it any time he wants. He, didn't, he doesn't have to go around, you know, on these little stupid parades saying, well, I'm going to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yeah, okay, why all the hot right. air? Why not just go ahead and do it? And why why yeah. pander so much about it? Why not just pull the plug? I think you're making a good point, Todd. Yeah. And uh, any other thoughts? Well, uh, not only that, but he wants to uh, sign a new hate crimes bill now. What will that mean? Because of the old, remember the old uh, Matthew Shepard um, lynching and murder that took place in the late 90s? Yeah, he got and tied to a fence and yeah, just mutilated. Yeah, and he was mutilated, and now... Uh, because of this whole situation, he wants a new hate crimes law. Look, I'm openly bisexual myself. I think it's repugnant when somebody does hate somebody because of their sexual orientation. Sure. Just like it's repugnant when it um, when you hate a black person or anybody of of any group for any reason. Yeah. However, because I'm openly bi, I find it resentful, even idiotic that I need a special law to protect me from somebody who really hates me. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when you kill somebody, you kill somebody because you hate them, period. Likely. Just sign this, this, this ridiculous idea that, oh, well, you killed this guy or this woman because she's gay or, 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 she's, or he's gay or, or whatever, 
Yeah. It's just, it's just insane. As though just, that somehow, as though killing somebody because of their sexual orientation or their skin color or whatever yes. somehow makes it a, a worse murder than it otherwise would have been. Than if you want their wallet or if yeah. you, uh, you know, caught them in bed with uh, somebody else or whatever. Thank you, Todd, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, as always, at 800-259-9231. That's always been my position on the, the whole hate crime thing. It just seems ludicrous. Oh, it's ridiculous, you know. And and what they try to do is they try to draw a parallel between premeditated murder, manslaughter, how how the court system differentiates those things for different types of punishment in the end if you are convicted of, say, involuntary manslaughter versus premeditated murder, that sort of thing. Uh, they try to say, well, we we in those cases, we look into the mindset of the killer to either intensify the punishment or reduce the punishment based on whether or not you really intended to kill someone, whether you intended to kill with malice or whatever it was, all these mm-hmm. different types of things. So they say, therefore, we can look into why, the, re- the thinking behind why you wanted to, to intentionally kill someone. So hatred is somehow worse than jealousy. Hatred yeah. is somehow worse than covetiveness. Uh, covetiveness. Uh, hatred is worse than just uh, hatred over race. I mean, hatred over what? You could, I could hate somebody for all sorts of things. I don't like the car you're driving. Yeah. I, um, or they cut you off in traffic, more likely. Yeah. Um, mm. It would seem like, you know, if... I would consider it first-degree murder if I, you know, say I got a blog, you know, there was a blog post from somebody who says, I think I'm going to kill me a black man here sometime in the near future, and then a week later, um, you know, he's killed a black man. Like, I think that that might be considered first-degree murder. I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah, as in premeditated. Yeah. Right, and it, it may not be that he knew exactly which black man he was going to kill, and I don't think you need to for, uh, sure. you know, the idea of premeditated murder on this one, but... You know, that's just murder one. It doesn't need to be a hate crime bill in order to make it happen. If it's repugnant enough, that should be brought out in trial. There's no reason to stack charges on people. And that's really what they like to do, is they want to stack charges so they can find you guilty of something. And, you know, deal down with you. Because if, you, if you're, if uh, you know, charged with nine different things with a total of 150 years mm-hmm. you're facing, mm-hmm. and they give you the option of doing three for burglary or whatever it is that, uh, you know, they, they give the option because their case stinks or you didn't do it or whatever, then a certain amount of people are going to do that. You know, since we're on the topic of murder, uh, Guard, you'd mentioned something during one of the breaks that I thought was interesting. Your perspective on a murder that was committed recently up here in uh, the area in which we live. Yeah. Uh, actually, very close to where you you uh, reside. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, apparently there were some kids that decided they were going to kill somebody at random, and they went out and they did that. Right. Um, but while they still hadn't figured out who who done it... How did the police actually handle that situation? Just kind of as an example of how inept it's the, and yeah, how this it, it's it's the flip side. You know, we often hear stories. We were talking during the break. We often hear stories about this, things happening out in San Francisco. That poor kid who got shot by a police officer as he executed. Was, yeah, he was executed. The kid was totally non-threatening, sitting on the ground with his hands up, and the cop shot him. It's on video. You can see it on YouTube. Sure. Uh, all these different instances. Then you've got the flip side, which is not that the police are acting. Violent, violently towards a suspect or someone they're trying to manhandle or something like that. But instead, for the rest of the people out there who are expecting the police to do the job supposedly that they're, they're assigned to do with Protecting. your tax money that's just taken from you, yes. Um, instead, they're not doing things properly. And everybody has different opinions. I wish they did it this way. I wish. It, but seriously, here's the situation. 
a murder has taken place sometime during the time when I'm away at the Rod Serling conference. I come back, I hear about this. It happened in Mont Vernon. I live in Amherst. I live near the border of Mont Vernon, out in the woods. This took place down a dirt road in Mont Vernon, probably within two miles of my house. Okay. So that's when you start feeling nervous because they're on the loose. The police have a news conference, like Sunday night, I guess it is. And they say this, and the reporters are almost as guilty as the news conference people. I mentioned in one of my productions. They come out and they say, well... The woman was killed in her home. The daughter, 11 years old, had her throat slit. Oh, gosh. Okay? It's awful. Now, they're not telling you, and she lived. They found her, yeah. I think, outside the house. They will not tell you. They say, we are not going to release information about how she, this woman was killed. We're not going to release information about the autopsy report. They're, they don't tell you whether or not the, the suspects are armed and dangerous. <laughs> And then they have the gall to say, and we have identified, identified, they use the word identify, not describe, two suspects. One is tall and thin, the other is short and squat. Well, that can be about anybody. Oh, that's real identification. And that means you've got their identity, not you can describe them. And there's more, of course. All right. Well, you can talk about that here in a moment. And take your calls about whatever you want. Hour three's on the way, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to go to your phone calls here shortly, but... Uh, Guard, you had a few thoughts you wanted to wrap up. We were telling uh, telling our listeners about a the the police response or the just the the pathetic uh, police response to a, a recent murder here in the uh, the New Hampshire area where a woman was killed at random, allegedly by a group of youths who apparently have nothing better to do. So you know they decided they were just going to kill somebody, and yeah. that's what they went and did. And interestingly enough, we've had these cannabis celebrations going on here on a daily basis. And of course, our our big point has been that they've been peaceful. People are just uh, enjoying themselves out at these daily 420 cannabis uh, smokeouts. Sure. And so somebody br- inevitably brings up that uh, apparently the kids that committed this murder smoked can- uh, smoked cannabis. 
And yeah. so, therefore, that means that cannabis makes people violent. And it, more than fifty uh, percent of kids uh, have smoked cannabis, and yeah. I mean that doesn't that you know most of them don't do that. So yeah. what's the nothing, problem? It's nothing nonsense. like inductive logic, you know, like. One murderer or accused murderer smoked pot. Therefore, all pot smokers must be murderers or pot smoking is inclined to lead towards murdering. Right. Uh, you could make the same statement about all kinds of things. You could say, the uh, well, the murderer in this case ate Cheerios this uh, in the morning. And so everyone that eats Cheerios, not only will they have less re- uh, less likely of a heart attack, uh, but they'll also be lo- more likely to kill people. Well, I think that they <laughs> also... ludicrous. The, the, um, vegetarians probably would make the statement that, uh, you know, these these kids ate meat and people that eat meat have higher level, levels of testosterone. Mm. So young males shouldn't be allowed to eat meat. Well, I don't know if it was the male's idea. I know there was a female involved, I believe. She was about, yes. But n- nonetheless, uh, they during this situation, you came back home, guard. You were out of town for the weekend. Yes. You came back home to discover this had occurred and that it was just a, a mile or two away from your, your home where the yes. murder occurred. Yes. And so, obviously, that's going to set you at unease. It's a little right. bit of a, a scary have, situation. Yeah, you have very mixed feelings because, you know, first off, you hear about a, 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 an innocent person getting slaughtered, although yes. you don't hear the details Terrible. of it. And uh, a, a little girl, the, the the husband was away. He works for a defense contractor. He was away on business. Uh, you know, clearly, uh, just uh, his whole world just torn apart. And um, so then you hear a news conference about these people and about what the uh, police are doing. And you think, great, all right, we're going to get some information here. Okay. going to help keep us safe. The police protect and serve. They're out to you know, make sure that we're all kept safe. Exactly. These guys are on the loose. We don't know what, uh, what they're carrying. So here comes the information. Well, the police come out, and it's, it's the state uh, prosecutors are there. You know, everybody's there, and uh, they say, well, uh, we are not going to release information about how the woman was killed. We are not going to release. So, that, so therefore, there's you know there's no uh, evidence. There's there's no information as to whether a door was forced open or you know what the circumstances exactly. were at all. You can't ascertain anything from that. You don't that know if lack it was a crime of passion, if it were premeditated. That uh, they think that this person was known. So this increases your anxiety. And so mm. what I'm what I'm talking about here is, look, I don't want to second guess the police in the in the midst of their investigation, but out of necessity, I must second guess the police because I have no choice but to pay but to pay their salary and hope right. that they will do something to protect people as they're supposed to as we know police are not your best protection a firearm is your best protection mm-hmm. that is just a fact so um so i'm watching and then they proceed to dig their hole even further they say and you know you, you can assume that they're trying to shield the public from information they're trying to shield the suspects from knowing that they know certain things okay fine i've seen enough Starsky and Hutch shows. Because the know? suspects really scour the newspapers, you know? You never know, you know? You so never know, here's, but... Here's the deal. They say they're not going to release information about the autopsy either. Okay, again, you're thinking to yourself, was it a home invasion? How was she killed? Are these guys still carrying these weapons? Are they out on the loose? Are they prone to do this again? What are we dealing you've with You've got here? no information. We've All got you've nothing. got is that there's, there's a victim. Yes, there's a victim, and then they have the gall. The cops have the gall to say... And we've identified two suspects. Okay, so what are their names? You've got their identities. These guys use the language so sloppily, Mm. and so do the journalists, that they just assume that the use of the word identify means the same as describe. 
And, well, and, and so uh, that pro- ticks me off. So then they proceeded to give a very generic description yes. about how one was short and fat and the other was tall and skinny. Exactly. Two white males, one tall, thin, bald, the other short and squat. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's not their identity, is it? And, you know, for somebody who deals with the English language often, that really gets me. Because they've already set me on edge, and then they claim they've identified somebody, and then the stupid journalists from the local network affiliate they just re- parrot it. They parrot it exactly yeah. because it's all oh well, we're all comfy and cozy. They're doing their job. They're fast to work. Like guess what? They have basically said we don't have any information, and we're not telling you any information. Right. Well, Live in fear. Exactly. Well, they obviously did have information because someone had tipped them off during the mm-hmm. night. The little girl who was killed, or the little girl who, who was not killed, she couldn't have told the police. Somebody had to have called the police during the night. It seems like it was one of these kids who got very, very bad feelings about what had happened, who maybe had been driving the car, we don't know, and reported this as an anonymous 911 caller. Also, they, they ended up going into the school and getting these guys the next morning. Okay? They're two different schools. So here's the thing. I understand if the cops want to say something to the effect of, look, we've got information that we know could make people feel a little bit more comfortable in their homes right now, but if we release this information, we are afraid we might not be able to get these guys. We want you to know we are looking for these guys. We have a pretty good idea who they are. We'll update you soon, but we want to assure you you are not in immediate danger or something like that. But instead, they play these games. It's like it's a TV show. It's like, you know what? You're dealing with real people, so suck it up and do something right. But if they don't do it right, then they, they get still paid. get paid. Yes. You know, and that's just it. It doesn't matter how piss poor of a job the police do. And I'm not saying they did an awful job in this case. I mean, they caught... The people, so that's good. A After lot of murders go unsolved. Seems to have been given to them, unfortunately. Well, that's a good point. And, and in many cases, I mean, that's how they cracked the case with the the uh, the shooters. Remember the DC shooters, the DC yes. snipers. Yes. They uh, they didn't crack that case themselves, despite all the press conferences and all the uh, the extra police they had out there. It was an individual who spotted them and and called in uh, called <laughs> well, into the police. It's the same. Let's let's not forget that it's these same sort of police officers that basically don't want people to be armed. Oh, um, that's I mean, true. Good point. Uh, uh, yeah. To, to to give the credit to the police officers for catching anyone might be a little premature. I don't know whether they caught anyone or not, or whether people turned themselves in, or whether somebody gave the information yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know whether this really uh, you know falls under the category of police work, but to some extent, at least some people on the police forces, and it seems to be by and large the opinion is, don't carry a weapon. Don't be armed. Those things are dangerous. Rely Call 911 and we'll save you. Did the police <laughs> save this person? And, you know, uh, a great point my girlfriend brought up is uh, evidently, and I don't know the exact details, but the murderers, the people who did this, it looks like uh, one guy hacked this girl to death. This That's woman, awful. 42. It's awful. Well, yeah, he used a machete. That is the alleged uh, weapon. Um, uh, the weapon that he's alleged to have used. Uh they can't get capital murder for this, okay? In other words, they can't get the death penalty. In this state, because the death penalty is essentially reserved for in cops. this state for cops, exactly. judges, and bureaucrats. Exactly. Anybody, and that got her, she's like, that. you know, somehow cops have more valuable lives than we do. Well, now, I, 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 I don't know that if anybody's paying attention, but in fact, that's what they think. 
They, That's how they well, operate. You know, it's amazing. When they die, they get parades. And the whole the whole thing of first responders and the way that they 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 loud these these guys. Look, I know that a cop is is going to be putting himself at risk often. You know, I understand that. And I can understand the argument that these people, if they're going to operate in a state system, they might think that it might be wise and might be a deterrent for people going after cops and trying to, you know, target them uh, if there is a greater penalty for killing the cops. I understand that. But you know what? It just makes me even more want to get away from the state system because Absolutely. they worship these people. It's a clear us versus them mentality, and it's certainly not the way a servant is supposed to be treated, right? They're supposedly servants of the public, but it's obviously nonsense. They're our masters. 800-259-9231 and some of the serfs, some of the slaves are getting pretty upset with this and they're willing to stand up. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just uh, You'll get it in your email box if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. Do you hate making those extra trips in to carry the grocery bags? For the last few months at my house, we've been using Totasac, their handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the U.S., and it's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to Totasac.com, that's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, and buy a family pack today, Totasac. They can carry more than you can, a lot more, Totasac.com. All right, we go right back into your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Rich in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Rich? In Massachusetts. Hello, Hello? How are you today? Oh, just super rich. What's on your mind? Uh, just, let's see if we can figure out which soundboard this is. It's me, Pee-wee. Pee- oh, okay. Hey, Pee-wee. Uh, wh- wh- how's the career going? See, this is the Winslow J. Jenga Jenga. See, one of the problems with uh, with doing soundboards live on the radio is you have to kind of think about what button to press Never next. Fun. You've got a whole board of uh, possible options, and if you're not really, really familiar... It's not nice to make prank phone calls. You do? Oh, I'm shocked by that. I thought, I, I thought he said it's not nice. Oh, not nice? Guess what? What? Guess what? What? I'm having a party, and you're invited. I know you are, but what am I? Hey, he's coming <laughs> back. He's for somebody else, okay? Pee-wee's coming back. Is man. Pee-wee? They're, they're making another movie, aren't they? Yeah, There's he's a, coming uh, back. He's rocking and back, he's man. party with but he gets the presents. Thanks, Pee-wee. I really appreciate the call tonight. It's always nice to hear from Paul Rubens on the show. Paul Rubens. He is a uh, native of Sarasota, as, as we are. Yep, I went to Sarasota High School. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But uh, Pee-wee's, uh, it was a huge show back in the uh, the 1980s, and then unfortunately... Uh, as you may know, Paul Rubens was caught with his, I guess his uh, 
is Johnson in his hand at a, a porn theater, which I, I guess is what you're supposed to do at a porn theater. But That's the allegation. Uh, but apparently, uh, you know, I guess you weren't supposed to do it in front of other people at the porn theater. So. Whatever. Yeah, I don't I, know how that works. He got caught. The porn theater shut down, and then his career kind of took a took a dump for several years until he started showing up in just regular mainstream movies, uh, acting as Paul Rubens and not as as Pee Wee Herman. And and now you're right, Guard. I did hear that news recently that I think within the next couple of years there's going to be a brand new Pee Wee movie, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. 800-259-9231. I saw one as an adult recently, and it was very very cute. Yeah, it was it was very fun. All right, so let's continue here. By the way, when you're doing the the soundboard thing, and we've had a few soundboard calls come in recently, and that's never happened before on Free Talk Live. So somebody, I guess, was kind of original in that way. But when you're doing the soundboards live, it's more difficult. It's a lot better when you, you when you're recording a call. If you're calling like like I called a McDonald's once with uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard or something like that. Or no, it was the uh, Psycho Ex Girlfriend is what I called with and. I, it took me probably six calls to get one that was good. So when you're doing it live, it's going to be mostly misses, and it's real slow. You're real slow, and you're trying to figure out what button to hit next. The way you want to do it is you want to do some, make some calls, record them all, and then go in and edit so you can take out the dead space between when yeah. the person says something and then when you play the uh, the soundboard button. So, so just a tip. A few tips. Yeah. You know, I, somebody called in. I think it was on the Saturday show recently. Uh, this this last Saturday show is as the effete liberal, and I thought he did a pretty good job. And and you know, it, it seemed to me that guy could probably make a character out of that. that yeah, it was pretty. Funny. Yeah, it was good. All right, let's continue with uh, Hollis in Missouri. Hollis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Oh, uh, I mostly listen to uh, podcasts, and I heard the other day you guys were talking about zero tolerance. Yes. Uh, I had a, a really ridiculous. Uh, Zero tolerance story. Um, back when I was a freshman in high school, I had a friend who was a senior, and he was caught with a water pistol in his back seat. <laughs> caught and with what happened to him? Caught. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> what does caught mean? <laughs> um, well, uh, the security guard was snooping around. He looked in the back seat of his car. I saw a water pistol, and they made him go open his car, and they found out it was a water pistol, but. Because it looked like a gun, he lost all his scholarships. Oh man! Oh my gosh! Now, hold on, is it's it, was it a water pistol that looked remotely like a gun? Most water pistols I've seen look nothing like guns, especially like the big super soaker blast. Right, they're things. neon and things like that. I I'm not sure. I just knew. I just heard. I just heard it was a water pistol. He told me it was a water pistol, and so. So this was in high school that this occurred. Yes. Now, how is it that you lose your scholarships if you get tr- in trouble in high school? How do the scholarship people I, find out about that? I think that? they may have been. I think they may have been uh, government scholarships. Uh uh-huh. Okay. Okay. But I mean, they they confirmed that it was a water pistol, and they still took away the scholarship. And when did this uh, transpire? Oh, about two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay, because because I That's think crazy. back to when I was in high school, and you know, it wasn't that long ago, but I guess it was on the you know the scheme of things. For me, it was it's been over a decade now since I've been out of high school. But it's farther and farther, doesn't it? I remember in my I think it was the the end of my eleventh grade year, I had a water pistol in my Spanish class, and. The Spanish teacher didn't like that very much, but the, the entire class, I wasn't the only one acting out in that class. The, the entire class, just on a regular basis, would do things just to torture this poor woman. 
And, uh, you know, looking back on it, <laughs> I'm not particularly proud of, uh, of what happened. But nonetheless, uh, I did have a water pistol in the class, and they called one of the aides to come in and, like, confiscate the, the water pistol. And I had to go to, the, you know, the principal's office over this. But I was not suspended. In fact, I don't even recall what the, uh, the punishment was. It was so just nothing. Minor, yeah. I, yeah. Like, a water pistol is just I, – I can't imagine – I can't imagine there being any problem with me having brought a water pistol to school. I, I just wouldn't even considered it, mm. and I would assume that this kid probably didn't consider, you know, a water pistol being in the back of his car as any a big, big deal, deal either. And then he loses tens of thousands of dollars in uh, in in scholarships, Crazy. and if they're government scholarships, likely he earned them um, through mm-hmm. like some kind of academic Good program. Grades. And then they decide to take them away over a water pistol. Wow. It's real nice. Wow. These are the people we're dealing with. So, any other thoughts for us tonight, Hollis? Nope, that's it. Thanks for the call. Since he brings it up, uh, we've got a story tonight that I think tops the story we had on Saturday night. Now, Saturday night's story was, uh, I think, topped a lot of the other stories. Pretty outrageous. I mean, because these zero-tolerance stories are, are, it's pretty easy for zero-tolerance stories to be outrageous because, well, as as I pointed out Saturday night, zero-tolerance is zero-thinking. So when somebody gets (laughs) caught with with, uh, some sort of thing that resembles a weapon, the bureaucrats behave in the exact same way as they would have had they actually had some sort of dangerous weapon. Well, sure, it yeah. makes their it makes their existence uh, have some kind of validity. It's the 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 school resource officer's job to find people with real weapons, and by and large, they're not there, so they have to sort of make things up, like water pistols. And in this uh, the the case on Saturday, it was a kid who had a a knife, a, a pocket knife, a two inch blade pocket knife. And, and he was a Boy Scout, and he was an honor student. Eagle, Eagle, St- Eagle Scout honor student enrolled in the military and hoping to go to West Point, uh, you know, officer training. And the 20-day suspension they gave him for this knife that was in a survival kit locked in his car uh, could very it likely will uh, prevent him from being able to go to West Point. Well, if you thought that one was bad, wait till we share this one with you about a six-year-old and what happened to him with a zero-tolerance policy. 800-259-9231. You know those wily, plotting, evil six-year-olds. We'll uh, explain in moments. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. If you dial the toll-free number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI, 800-259-9231. And that is, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. They include the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. We've got dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing that they listen to the show. You can see that for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. There are a lot of people who listen to the show who, uh, you know, have jobs where they are able to listen all day long and are, uh, you know, ravenous for content that is delivered uh, to them for the, through their little earbuds. And if you want more, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They have over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks over there, and they're unabridged, so you'll you get a lot of content, and you can try one out for free at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Now, I know we just talked about the zero tolerance thing on uh, 
Saturday night. And we read you a pretty outrageous story about a, a Boy Scout, a, an Eagle Scout, who had a locked in his car, locked in his car in a security kit, or a uh, not a security kit, but a safety survival kit, kit, survival yeah. kit, had a two-inch blade. Somebody snitched him out. School officials came, asked him if he had it. He, of course, being an Eagle Scout, told them the truth, uh, gave himself up, and was suspended for 20 days over it. And we were pretty outraged by that, and there have been some pr- pretty outrageous zero-tolerance stories in the past. I mean, everything from uh, some little boy bringing a butter knife to school, or, you know, in some cases a steak knife, but always in the lunchbox. Mom put it there, figuring that he might need it to cut the steak she gave him or something like that for, for lunch. And this usually results in some sort of draconian punishment that's meted out at the same level virtually despite whatever it is the student has done. Now, we had a cop call in who said he thinks that zero tolerance is okay. I didn't. I really didn't think we were going to get anybody called to defend zero tolerance, but one did. He said he thought zero tolerance was okay, but that they needed to have a range in which they could they could punish people. And maybe in some cases they do. But even at the low end of the range, in many cases, it's still a severe, very severe punishment for what uh, what the alleged transgression is. I mean, having a, a knife in the back of your car locked, a two-inch blade, having never threatened anyone with it, never done anything to put anybody in danger, says to me that you should just look the other direction and, and move on. But zero tolerance says the punishment must be meted out. We need to teach these kids a lesson, a lesson they'll never forget, that we take these things seriously. And so see what they did in Newark, Delaware, according to the New York Times. Finding character witnesses when you're six years old is not easy. But there was Zachary Christie last week at school disciplinary uh, at a school disciplinary committee hearing with his karate instructor and his mother's fiance by his side to vouch for him. You've got to be kidding me. Zachary's offense? Taking a camping utensil that can serve as a knife, fork, and spoon to school. See, Zach was so excited about recently joining the Cub Scouts that he wanted to use it at lunch. You know, kids get excited about things that are very simple. Absolutely. I remember my mom got a, uh, I think it was a 1984 Buick Century. It was in, uh, you know, racing beige. And um, it was a a station wagon. And the first night we got it, it was was brand, I think it was brand new. I think it was actually a used car that uh, was kind of very, very newish. You sure it's not champagne? Uh, No, it was beige. And so I slept out there and camped in the car that night. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what you want to do when you're a kid. Yeah. So school officials concluded that he had violated their zero-tolerance policy on weapons, and Zachary was suspended and now faces 45 days mm. in the district's reform school. Six-years-old Cub Scout, so excited about his new spoon-slash-knife-slash-fork camping utensil that he wanted to bring it to school and eat his flippin' lunch with it, they're... <laughs> They're now going to put him possibly into reform school over this. Wow. I, I don't. Wow. I mean, you don't even know what to say. Well, who Zachary brought, said something. <laughs> I want to hear what he has to say, but you just got to ask, who did this? Which, I mean, the teacher did this? Was this in the cafeteria? What... What uh, addle-brained moron thought that it was a good idea to bring this up in the first place? Exactly. You know, this this whole idea of you can't think, you can't come up with any nuance, is it's really sad. It really shows just a perfect example of how the government schools have to march in lockstep, have to have one standard. Don't think, just do. We command. 
if there's a picture of a of a gun that someone's drawn, they get in trouble. That has happened. Yeah. You're not exaggerating. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. They they don't allow people to actually think and be human beings. Well, Zachary's still human because he's too young to have had it uh, beaten out of him completely at this point. Uh, he's six years old. Here's what he had to say. It just seems unfair. Zachary right, said, Zachary. pausing as he practiced writing lowercase letters with his mother, who's homeschooling him while the family tries right. to overturn his punishment. Look, what I don't understand is why parents are so vehement to get their kids back into these schools. Right. They're only going to do this again. They were stupid enough to do it the first time. For God's sakes, do not send your six-year-old back to these people. Spurred in part by the Columbine and Virginia Tech shootings, many school districts around the country adopted zero-tolerance policies on the possession of weapons on school grounds. More recently, there's been a growing debate over whether the policies have gone too far. But based on the code of conduct for the Christina School District, where Zachary is a first grader, school officials had no choice. They had to suspend him because, regardless of the possessor's intent, knives are banned. But the question on the minds of residents here is, why do school officials not have more discretion in such cases? Because if you give these morons discretion, look what they do with it. They had <laughs> discretion. The person who decided whether or not to bring this up in the first place had mm-hmm. discretion. That's a great point. Now, the rules may be what the rules are, but, but they really had the option. Care. You know, they could have very well have said... You know, I I saw him eating with the knife or the fork. Uh, excuse me, with the fork or the spoon. I didn't even consider that there might be a knife in it. They could have said whatever he wanted to. Zachary wears a suit and tie some days to school by his own choice because he takes school so seriously, said Debbie Christie, Zachary's mom, who started a website, HelpZachary.com, in hopes of uh, recruiting supporters to pressure the local school board at its next open meeting on Tuesday. This is how difficult it is to deal with this situation. You have to go to the school board to try to pressure them. You have to rally uh, other people in your area to attempt to pressure the school board to doing the right damn thing and leaving this kid alone. Wow. You, well, you remember how we were talking earlier in the first hour about the tragedy of the commons in, mm-hmm. a, in a park situation. Uh, this brings to mind another story that I heard about uh, in Michigan. It was it last week, you guys? I'm sure everybody was talking about it, about this woman who watches over her neighbor's kids because her neighbor has to leave early for work sometimes. So for 20 minutes before the bus arrives, they end up going over to her neighbor's house and they wait for the bus inside the sure. house where it's warm. So Makes she sense. watches. DCYS of Michigan was called because oh. that woman is not licensed to watch kids. So Outrageous. If she gets another violation, she could have a hundred thousand dollar fine and go to jail for two years. Oh my gosh. For letting kids not stand out in the cold. Yes. Yes. And it's just crazy. Now think about, it's crazy. You think about the private situation with a private school. If they did something stupid like that with this little boy, you could pull his, out. You could you could cancel your contract. Exactly. And you could also say if you were really having problems, hey, uh, we don't really want your kid in our school. Thank you. We're not going to accept your business. But in this situation, the tragedy of the commons works both ways. If you have a violent kid, for example, in the state of New Hampshire, they passed a law to force all kids to have to stay in school until they're 18, even if they've got enough credits to graduate or even if they're possibly violent and don't want to be in the school. Yeah. 
Ludicrous. Amazing. Mom says he's not some sort of threat to his classmates, but still, some school administrators argue it is difficult to distinguish innocent pranks and mistakes from more serious threats. Difficult for these morons. Yes. Good point. I mean, what's the worst that could happen if they had a if they have a policy that says no violence, you know, don't threaten anybody? Then why would it be difficult to to ascertain what the situation was? If a threat has happened, if violence has happened, you'll likely have witnesses to that, you know, to that end, and you could go to them and and deal with the situation as it comes up. But really, it's just they're making excuses for being lazy and or slash stupid in this case. And if they make a mistake and they, they ascertain that somebody's been violent or, you know, somebody threatened somebody and they didn't, okay, mistakes are going to happen. But at least then this sort of nonsense wouldn't occur. This is Free Talk Live. Only a few moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Garth. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free if you enjoy the program. We'd like to invite you to become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So join on up and get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, the AMP-only podcast, and more. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, the AMP program has been bringing you the Mark interview series. As has been appearing at the end of several podcasts over the last couple of weeks, Mark is uh, indulging in one of his fantasies. He's uh, able to (laughs) interview whoever it is he wants to without asking me for permission uh, to do so. Because when I'm on the show, I'm I'm a a bit of a gatekeeper when it comes to interviews. I don't like doing them very much. And uh, this isn't really an interview show. So, Mark's, you've always... Right, it wasn't designed that way, and it makes sense. So, you've always wanted to have certain people on this show, and they've... Now you've got your opportunity, and so uh, coming up tonight on the podcast, if you're listening on the radio, you have to grab the podcast to hear it. But who'd you interview to, uh, today, Mark? A fellow named Jared Fuller, and he has uh, started an organization called uh, Year, Year of the Youth um, or something to that effect, and they have a, a bold plan. And I, you know, I I was just going to tell the kid, hey, you know, beat it, kid, whatever. And I assume he's young. It's for Year of the Youth. But... The email he sent me was so um, moving that I decided to interview him, and I wasn't. I'm not sorry. It was a great interview. And you'll hear that tonight on the podcast. uh, So keep that in mind. And again, that's something else that's brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Just looking to give you some extra content. Those of you that are that are online listeners, uh, radio stations. You know, we just can't break our radio formats. So for those of you out there that want to hear such things, visit us at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. So uh, the AMP program, again, is amp.freetalklive.com. Let's uh, continue br- briefly on this topic still of zero tolerance, where the madness continues. Now a six-year-old has been caught up in zero tolerance. They're not even laws. They're just policies that the schools have set for themselves as a way to basically not have to think about anything when they uh, when they ca- catch somebody with what they're calling a weapon. In this case, the weapon was a knife, fork, spoon combo utensil that uh, little Zachary Christie was given uh, because he just recently joined the Cub Scouts. And so, you know, when you when you join up with the Cub Scouts, mom and dad are going to go out and they're going to get take some you Cub to, Scout stuff. You know, they're yeah. going to take you to Walmart or, the you know, the sports authority or whatever and, uh, you know, get you some camping uh, gear. And it was at J.C. Penney's when I was a kid. 
Sure. Really? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was back when it was a real department store. Huh? <laughs> well, you know. What am I gonna say? It's the only place you could go, J.C. Penney's. So, uh, so you know, they got their kid. They got this young man, this six-year-old, uh, a multi-utensil, and he was caught with it at school, and now is facing 45 days in reform school and has been suspended. And of course, the district uh, bureaucrats are defending what they've done. Some argue, administrators argue that it's difficult to distinguish pranks and mistakes from more serious threats, and the policies must be strict. To protect students. These really? people are unbelievable. They won't let kids live, and, and it's all because there have been problems inside government school systems, and there's no way that they can stop these things, so they've got to turn them more and more into prisons. Right. Well, you know, I mean, when you take everybody, including the lowest of low common denominators, and you put them in a school, you tell them, you've got to be here, kid, oh, and yeah. you treat them basically like inmates. Um, yep. And and you, you put know. some of the, I, I hate to say this, uh, sorry to jump in, Mark, but you put some of really the most ignorant or le- least intelligent people in front of them. Uh, that's the way it goes in many cases with some of these teachers. They're, I think some of the teachers performers. want very, very badly to do a great job with these students. Some yeah. do. And some of them uh, are there because they're part of the teachers' union, and you just can't get rid of somebody who's in a union. Yep. Mm. And uh, you don't know what to do one way or the other. And I'll tell you, when you've got a situation like that where the teachers aren't incentivized by the marketplace... You're not going to get teachers that perform as well. Even the the best performers are going to be sort of bogged down by the bureaucracy created by the mediocre and the poor performers. Absolutely. Yes, you can well talk said. to uh, – I, I used to know somebody who was a teacher. I, I occasionally would have, like you do uh, now, Guard, I would have occasions to go and speak to a high school class at a, yeah. at a government high school. And the the lady that was the teacher in that case, I I knew you know on an okay basis, and I would always whenever I would uh, get together with her, I'd talk, I'd ask her to you know give me the latest on what's going on on the inside because she works in the bureaucracy, and she'd always have some sort of story to tell. There's always something new, uh, some sort of asininity to talk about, uh, some new policy, some new mandate that uh, the teachers have to deal with, or some new stupid training class that they have to attend, or whatever it right. was. Some there new was, set of tests to teach to rather than. Actually, yeah. teaching the oh, yeah. uh, that what they, it is that they're supposed to be teaching a yeah, new restriction yeah. on what she can or can't teach. I mean, it's just every my, time. My niece just had an entire week at this particular middle school where she's going to school of testing. Then they had Friday off for teachers conferencing. Yes, you know they used to when I was in school. When I was in school in the old days, they used to just get together after school and uh, then they'd have their conferences then. But now they've got to have the whole day. Whole no, day. they they had those when I was in school oh, too. So yeah, there was yeah, one, it was one per quarter or one per semester, if I remember correctly. And I never then, had that. And then of course they had today off for Columbus Day, so right. she hasn't actually learned anything school-wise, supposedly as the the traditional definition of the term learning goes, uh, in over a week. Wow. Critics contend that zero-tolerance policies like those in the Christina district have led to sharp increases in suspensions and expulsions, often putting children on the streets or in other places where their behavior only worsens, and that the policies undermine the ability of school officials to use common sense in handling minor infractions. Now, the president of the Christina district school board had this to say. There's no parent who wants to get a phone call when they hear that their child no longer has two good-seeing eyes because there was a scuffle and someone pulled out a knife. He defended the decision, but added the board might adjust the rules when it comes to younger children like Zachary. And this this whole uh, you know, the idea that a knife is going to be used in a scuffle, 
a weapon is just a tool. And what about a sharp pencil? You don't think I can yeah. jab that no, in somebody's eye? Yeah. A pen? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking Threaten at... the side of someone's neck. I'm Absolutely. looking at the pen right here. And I can tell you that if you chose to... If you, know, if you were lying there dormant, Ian, and that I might be able to stick this pen into you. And, and this, you know, this, this whole fear thing that goes on about knives i mean it we could be chalk. done with chalk only the forks uh, you know in prison they used to take the metal uh, you know if they if they found a metal utensil they'd sharpen it on the sidewalk are you telling me you can't have a sharpened piece of metal that's not a knife that you managed to and and the people that have knives that are kind of you know perhaps uh, you know using them to eat with or whatever those people aren't the ones that are dangerous they're showing off yes. you know they're they're showing the weapon in a manner that they're not even they're not even bragging about it they're just using it yep and that's really where all this comes from these bureaucrats are trying to pretend like they're doing something to keep kids safe right that's their justification here well you know, somebody might get stabbed during a scuffle We've got to make sure that we have zero tolerance for this. Right, but it's the bureaucrats that are the problem. But it, but it yeah. does nothing. Yeah. All their posturing and their their policy enforcement doesn't actually do anything to sure make the does. school safe. It harms those kids. It makes the school an unsafe place. Now little Zachary on his permanent record has, you know, brought a knife to school. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's going to affect him in public no, no, no. school. What I said was it doesn't make the school safer. It makes it unsafe. Right. Zachary is unsafe. Right. He has been threatened. He has been treated poorly. The bureaucrats are making the school unsafe. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, for Delaware, Zachary's case is especially frustrating because last year state lawmakers tried to make disciplinary rules more flexible by giving local boards authority to, on a case-by-case basis, modify the terms of the expulsion. The law was introduced after a third-grade girl was expelled for a year. What, you, what, what was this one? Go ahead. Yes. I, oh, I can't man. even imagine. Who, can, who knows? She, she, she drew a machine gun in the, in the hands of Holly Hobby. <laughs> Well, it was a she girl, jump so not like strangle it with somebody. Something. Any, who knows? Jeez. Well, her grandmother had sent a birthday cake to school along with a knife to cut it. The teacher called the principal, but not before using the knife to cut and serve the cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man, that is that's sweet. Oh, how thoughtful. You included the knife with this cake. Let's Let just get cut it up here. I'm calling the principal now. You need to be punished for what this. A, wow. What a bunch of lunatics. What kind of Enjoy your cake, kids. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I just have to tell you, uh, just real quick, uh, on this subject, I was talking with a little a little guy named Justin, uh, and uh, he works, well, he's the son of the guy who works near where I work. He's in there, and uh, this woman is in the store where I'm working, and, and uh, this little guy Justin's there, and, and I was talking to him about how some, some kids are seen in school as being really stupid because they have a tough time reading. And I said, you know, I was explaining to him, Justin, you know, sometimes it's not the kid's fault. Sometimes they're just not taught how to read properly. A lot of times it's the teacher's fault. Mm -hmm. This woman explodes. She's like, and just very shrilly, I'm a teacher. That's never the case. I was like, well, you just showed yourself to be the fool that you are. (laughs) We are out of time, but we'll be back tomorrow. Right. Can you imagine a teacher saying, it's not me, it's the stupid student? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's that's the attitude. That's the way they do it. Hey, we're out of time. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. The Mark Edge interview series continues here on Free Talk Live. And uh, today I have with me a young man named Jared Fuller, who is the co-founder and executive director of an organization called Year of Youth. And if I try to explain what Year of Youth is, I probably am not going to do it justice. So, Jared, are you there? I am here, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Explain to my, my, my listeners, if you would, what the Year of Youth is. Yes, Year of Youth is, is essentially um, something that we think has been missing from the overall liberty movement for a long time. And that's something specifically dedicated to fielding, finding, and resourcing um, youth candidates for political offices across the United States. Now, obviously, we can't uh, run people for federal elections, um, but we are looking to train future youth leaders at the local level, sort of reinstate that decentralized and localist ideal that the American populace used to uh, maintain. And we're going to orchestrate this project uh, by analyzing and uh, measuring the successes and failures of a select number of youth campaigns in 2010 in order to successfully run hundreds, if not thousands, of liberty-loving youth for political offices at the local levels, from city council to state house, in 2012. And that's our big project, 2012, and hopefully we'll be able to translate that into long-term political success in the United States politics. Well, um, just from your explanation, there, I guess I have some questions. Um, not, you know, all of it sounds really great, right? I, I'm, I'm for anything that's going to lead us to more liberty, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm, you know, questioning, uh, you know, your, your, your goals or anything like that. But I, so youth candidates, I know that there, there certainly have been some people who have run for smaller positions and, and gotten on board, uh, younger people, and uh, you know that's a good thing. But do you think that people will take young candidates seriously? Yes, certainly. Um, one, one of the people we're evaluating right now um, and building off of his success is Drew Sweat. He's running out of California uh, for a city council race. And this exact same question was brought up uh, to him during one of the debates for the city council position. And they asked him, are you experienced enough to have this seat? Because Drew's only 21 years old. Yeah. And Drew's answer was really amazing. He said, I think I'm fine. I think my inexperience is a good thing. I don't know how to lie, cheat, or steal. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's something that we can all speak um, truth to, the fact that we elect people who are supposedly um, you know, well-represented of our viewpoints and people who are political hacks. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and in these local offices, all people are supposed to do is listen to the people in their community and not take marching orders from higher institutions of authority. So a youth candidate, um, in reality, if they can get out there and knock on doors and talk to people face-to-face, you're generally welcomed uh, by people and not thrown away to the side. And in the reality, a lot of these smaller races, you only need 500 votes, I mean, for like a city council race, maybe you know, upwards of 10,000 if you want to win a state house race, but it definitely can be done, um, and we're seeing the success start to build right now. Now, um, you say that you only need 500 to 10,000 um, votes, depending on what you're running for, but, I mean, is that, tr- is that true in, in most states? Because, I, I mean, here in New Hampshire, where we are, where there are 400 representatives for a, uh, um, a state of 1.3 million, yeah, you don't need that many votes to get the uh, state house, but 
in uh, as I recall in Florida, there were seventy seats on the uh, in the House, and and people basically voted Republican or Democrat because that's what they were supposed to do. They didn't have any idea who who the people were that they were voting for. Quite honestly. Certainly. I mean, that, that is a problem, and that's due to the fact that not many of these people um, actually spend time campaigning. All they do is they rise up um, through the ranks in smaller political organizations. They get elected to city council. They get elected to school board um, just by having their friends come out and vote. And then it, when it comes time for the bigger offices, they already have name recognition, and they really don't have to spend much money. They don't spend much time campaigning. People just sort of vote the party line. Now, if we can infiltrate with liberty-loving people – um, and challenge these people and actively get people out canvassing and walking precincts, knocking on people's doors, spreading the message of liberty virally, um, it does translate into voting success as well. I mean, it's, it might be daunting at first, but let me, let me explain briefly that we are facing something in which we do not have a say in. That is to say, what state house representative, maybe at, more, more than likely outside New Hampshire, um, actually represents libertarian or liberty-loving Viewpoints. There's not many people in statehouse. For example, there's I'm not in many in, in New Hampshire either. Quite honestly, I mean, I um, <laughs> there there are some that are. I think there's 23 or 22 A plus rated uh, state house state reps um, in New Hampshire. But out of 400, you know what's what a small percentage that is, and and that's in New Hampshire, and it's a heck of a lot more percentage wise than most states. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. in North Carolina, there's not one, not yeah. even one. Me and B J Lawson were looking through. Uh, the list the other day of all the state house and state senate reps terrible there's not even one so what i'm trying to illustrate is this is a political table with a lot of power and all of our efforts get undercut everything we try to accomplish um, in the liberty movement gets screwed up at the state house and screwed up at the local level yeah. and we generally don't attack that there we focus on you know national elections um, and we're of the opinion the true change stems from the grassroots when people at the local level say enough is enough we're not taking this anymore, and we're taking matters into our own hands, where it, in reality, where it really belongs, um, and we can actually affect change that way. So that's, that's what makes me and all the other students and um, younger people so engaged and so excited about so this project. It's a good idea. I mean, that, that, that part I get, the, the, local, the localized part I get, but why, why people who are youth, whatever that means to you, 25 and under, I assume? Uh, th- that's just a general framework. Um, the, the year of youth thing... It is extremely easy to get college students um, and people of the younger age engaged and have them devoting the large amount of time it's going to take. Someone who's already working a full-time job, I mean, it's very hard for someone who's been sucked into the system, who's trying to pay their taxes, trying to meet their mortgage in this financial crisis, um, engage politically when they're just trying to live well. Um, But you, someone who's in college, uh, I've come to find out, that there are a lot of people who can be donating a lot more of their time to the liberty movement um, at the local level. And at the same time, the reason we want to see um, young people elected and have their voice back in, um, into the politics is because this massive debt is on our shoulders. Okay. I mean, these entitlement programs, um, $13 trillion worth of debt, upwards of $75 trillion in liabilities, it's on our backs. And it's not only um, a method to get people into politics, but it's also an outreach method. The political realm is the most effective method of communication in that you reach substantially more people. Um, And also, a youth candidate is newsworthy in of itself. It's really hard to get news coverage in your area if you're a liberty activist. Generally, they don't want to talk with you, much less cover you. But if you're running for office, 
Now that's front page news coverage yeah, worthy, yeah. and that's how you can um, spread the message in your community. So it's about message spreading too. It's, it adds an interesting dynamic to libertarianism. Um, and getting out the message. You know, I, I, you're, you're right. I, I, it's hard to, to argue with you, and I, I must say I'm jaded and cynical when it comes to the political process, and not not a little bit jaded and cynical when it comes to young people too. But what about um, a lot of a lot of youth out there are just socialists to the core. What do you? Yes. Uh, what about them? What about them? Well, we're not actively recruiting um, the socialist okay. youth. Obviously. Um, they stand diametrically opposed to a lot of what your view stands for. We, we don't want a strong, stronger centralized state. Um, but I think, and what we have been encountering so far, whenever we sit down, we start talking about these ideas with youth, um, by youth, when, you know, there's not just established so-called capitalist pigs um, feeding this down the throat of younger generations. When it's students talking to students and youth talking to youth, there's generally, um, they're more welcome to the message. Yeah. That is to say that we, we were attacked extremely hard at Wake Forest University whenever we started spreading um, liberty here and started looking at running candidates and so forth. Um, th- there was op-eds being printed every week how libertarians, the antithesis of society, that they're evil. Now, on the other hand, these people are starting to say, well, hey, we're talking about the same problems. Um, our goals are kind of the same. It's just the methods. And we've convinced them and put them into the corner saying, you know, progressives and socialists do it with force. And if your idea of a peaceful and voluntary society has to be maintained by force, well, then you're doing it wrong. Um, so it, just getting our voice out there in the first place is enough to at least make it debatable and at least give us um, a space worthy of debate. Because previous to this, libertarians were thought crazy. Um, and now we're starting to see that we're at least debatable. They're at least willing to take us on at the intellectual level versus the ad hominem or against the person level. All right. Well, you've got me convinced that you're not completely naive. Um, what if if I, we've got a lot of young listeners uh, to the show who will likely be hearing this message and probably some older people too? Um, how can different types of people help? And you know, what is it? Uh, you know, what is it you need from them? Certainly, I would encourage all the listeners tonight to go to our new website that we just launched with Paracliff. They're the guys that did Ron Paul 2008. Um, Go sign up for our list. That way you can stay up to date with us. And then if you're really interested, you want to get involved, check out what it takes to become a core team member of Year of Youth. We want people who are actively going to be dedicating five to ten hours a week to Year of Youth, growing this project and figuring out, fleshing out the platforms and seeing what it's going to take to successfully run hundreds, if not thousands, of youth candidates for offices in 2012, our big project 2012. Again, the website's yearofyouth.org. You can check everything out there. Um, and a lot of our planning takes uh, place on our planning forums. That's youthlibertyfront.com. And once you become a core team member, um, after you apply, we give you access to that, and we start actually planning. So we've actually been planning for the past month, um, trying to get everything off the ground as fast as possible. Um, I'm really looking forward to pulling new people on all the time and getting active. So, and and you're gonna you're gonna run some candidates in 2010, and then your your big pushes for 2012. What are your goals for numbers in 2010 and 2012? Okay, in 2010, uh, essentially what we're doing is, like I said, just analyzing and measuring, seeing where we screwed up, the problems um, that arise from running a youth libertarian um, candidacy, what, in, regardless of party. That's one thing that's very important to us. We want people to run where they can win on their ideas, not on the party. Um, so wherever you can win demographically, run under that party line, and but run as a libertarian, small L. Right, I um, understand. 
And I think that it's the only system that's going to work. I mean, I God bless the people in the Libertarian Party. I know that they've worked very hard for what they've done, but they lost when McCain-Feingold went through. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the only way to get elected at this point is by being elected as a uh, as a member of one of the two major parties. And, you know, most people... Most people just vote for one of the D or the R, and um, you know it's it's a default twenty five percent, thirty percent of the vote just picking one of those. Certainly, so that that that's one thing we want to analyze. We want to see well, what problems do you encounter trying to run for state house as a Democrat? What problems do you run trying to run for state house as a Republican? What problems do you encounter running in a nonpartisan race like city council? Yeah, see, that's that's something that's also interesting. We want to be able to flesh these things out. We're going to keep our numbers very small in 2010 just to make sure we know what we're doing and we're orchestrating everything correctly. Um, about 10 to 15 really solid candidates. In 2012, um, we're looking to field, like I said, possibly hundreds, uh, maybe even thousands. Our goal is at least 100 successful. Um, obviously, we cannot endorse because we're a 501c4 organization. Um, but we can help train and get out this information and make sure people are taking a stand um, and putting their voice into the political process where the liberty message is altogether absent. Well, I'll tell you, Jared, I'm 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 pretty impressed with what I've heard, and I didn't expect to be. So <laughs> I've got to say that that's it's great. Um, now. I'm also, as I said, jaded about the political process, and I guess I have to ask this question is if it doesn't work in 2012 and you've done it and you've seen, you know, of just a modicum of success, just a small amount, um, will you consider New Hampshire and the Free State Project moving up here and and bringing that dynamicism that I hear uh, on board to the Free State Project? (laughs) I definitely love the Free State Project and everything that it's done for the movement. Um, you know, I, I might consider it. <laughs> in fact, it, everything ends up being in vain. But, you know, let it never be said that we did nothing. Uh, so will... We're going to give it our all. And personally, I'm a big fan of the West, because even though the laws might be, you know, just as bad as anywhere else, you don't ever see it because there's no one out there. So I, I might go retreat somewhere in the mountains and the mountains of Colorado or something. <laughs> I, I encourage you to do that, too, Jared, because once you realize that uh, what life is like without a Walmart within uh, 40 minutes, you will probably be back relatively soon. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of these... Uh, you know, the, the the idea with the Free State Project was to make it a, a little easier for people to you know to, to go for liberty because yeah there are places out west where you can move and and probably not even pay property taxes and they won't take your property from you because it's just not worth doing uh, they may they may not I don't know but um it's it's really 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 tough to live just in the middle of nowhere. It, it is. I lived in New Mexico for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, a town of twenty thousand. Um, pretty rural, and I often ventured out into the middle of nowhere to do a little bit of introspection and get away from all that is society. So uh, I, I encourage any, you know, city walkers and city slickers to get out in the woods every once in a while. You find a little bit more liberty out there. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think that it's, it's, it's all very interesting how the world can function um, in the absence of the, the state apparatus out there um it's also difficult because you know where the electricity is and where the uh the water is and where all the things that one needs in order to build a homestead cheaply that's you know that's where the government is definitely they, they, they get their hands wherever they can get the money and the power so uh, natural resources hey you know there's going to be state intervention there <laughs> jared uh anything else you want to tell the listeners before i let you go uh, yeah, just encourage them to go check out our website. He posted with us. Um, 
like I said, there's all sorts of things that are going on with the organization. We're skyrocketing in numbers fast. Our, our Facebook page is already at 2,000 people within one month of getting things going. Um, so that's really exciting. Like I said, go to yearofyouth.org. And if you're really dedicated, you think you want to add to this movement and declare 2012 as the year of youth, then apply today. We'll get you plugged in, and we'll, we'll look forward to getting you on board and plug directly into the project. I've just uh, actually gone and signed up um, at yearofyouth.org. Now, what about somebody who's not so youthful? What, are they, what can they well, do? We, we would certainly appreciate their insights if, um, on certain political demographics, um, campaign insights, um, or even philosophy, messaging. That's something we need to make sure we keep on the lock, um, how to disseminate information in a campaign strategy to the general public. How do you frame uh, ideas such as decentralization towards friendly to other people, you know, give them that small pill to swallow, plant that seed of liberty. So we definitely need the intelligence side of this as well. So if you are just a diehard libertarian, you know how to convert people left and right, you call yourself the neocon converter 5000, <laughs> come join us. We'd appreciate your insights and information um, in order to develop our ideas and into platforms that we can hand down to um, students and young activists across the United States. Thank you, Jared. That's Jared Fuller. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Jared Fuller, uh, co-founder and executive director of Year of Youth at yearofyouth.org. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.